You've got a friend in me. This is the song from Toy Story. It's about some toys. Because it's the song from Toy Story. Oh, man. Randy Newman made a buttload of money off of all of these movies. Yep. Let's talk some Toy Story. You are a podcast host, not a toy. And you are a sad, strange little man. Well, I'm not little, but sad, strange. Yeah. (laughs) Check and check. Okay, you ready for this? Ready to talk some Toy Story? Yes, let's do it. All right, well, welcome everyone to a brand new episode of Movies and Brews, where we talk movies and we drink some brews. I'm Jordan, and sitting across from me here is Slinky Dog. I mean, Daniel. Bobby, hi. I forget what he says. Bobby, hi. He's like, Alibaba. No. No, he says, like, Bobby, hi, Dagger. No, he says something like that. That's like Alley Bob Alley or something like It's almost like. You know, I actually used to own a Slinky Dog. Look it up. I want to know what he says, actually. Oh. All right. But yes, we are talking the brand new Toy Story 4 today. Was it necessary? Find out. Cheers! I was on top of the world, living high. It was right in my pocket. I was living the life. Things were just... I used to have a slinky dog. And then Kylie and I tried to stretch it out too far and then we broke it he <laughs> tried, does not stretch. we tried to share it didn't work no we tried to stretch it out and it does not you know come back together like it does in the movies when he stretches out like that <laughs> idiots yeah. <laughs> yeah okay so according to this it's giddily bob howdy Get, what giggly bob howdy giddily bob i does not i don't know for some reason that doesn't sound right Giddily Bob. Giddily Bob, howdy. <laughs> and then in this particular quote, it says, it's got Woody going, oh, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> so great. I'm Woody. Howdy, howdy, howdy. Howdy. Yeah. Give me, Give me that. that. <laughs> I think that's what makes that line so funny still to this day. The whole, Give me that. <laughs> just the I just want. He's just not amused. It's the whole like I'm not amused at all. Like in my hat, it so cracks me up every time. Yeah, after this movie, I'm just like I want to go to the Disney store and pick up like some full size like versions of Bud and Buzz and Woody. All right. Well, before we get going here, let's talk about what we're drinking. This week was Daniel's week to bring some beer in. Daniel, what'd you bring? All right. So this week for beer and tell, I brought in my most anticipated. Well, at least one of the most anticipated beers of the season is the Fort George Three-Way IPA. For those of you who don't know, this is a collaboration that Fort George picks two other brewers to collaborate on an IPA each year. And the 2019 version is Ruse Brewing and Cloudburst Brewing. And I'm, I've had this a couple times already this year, but we haven't had it for the show. So, Jordan, let me know what you think. But Check it out. It should be great. Mm. Oh, wow. That's like some good, strong bite to it. Oh, yeah. No, oh, it's so good. And yeah, Fort George, oh. located in Astoria, Oregon, I think. Three-way IPA. Mm-hmm. Mm. Changes every year. Still pretty great every year. I know I picked up a four-pack, drank one last night, brought two, and I still got one at home. All right. Nice. All right. Yeah, it's delicious. Mm. Mm-hmm. 
Okay. Well, why don't we get into some news here? Daniel, you said you got a couple stories and a new trailer for us today. Oh, man, I got so much little bite-sized news, so I'm going to try and bust through it as fast as I can. But there's a good amount of it today. All right, so first, will you... Oh, wait. <coughs> Ba-da-ba-ba-da-ba-ba! Today in movie news, we're going to start with the two trailers. And there weren't many. I was desperate for any new trailers that came out, so I wrote down Trolls 2 as a trailer that came out, which entertaining trailer but the movie looks like it's for children and it doesn't look like a movie that adults actually enjoy when they watch yeah, it I, I will say before i saw toy story 4 they played lame trailer after lame trailer after lame trailer this was one of the last ones they played and this one was probably my favorite of them besides the lion king trailer they played the second lion king trailer and yeah this it looks fun not it's still geared towards kids, but at least something that is tolerable for adults. Like, if I had kids, I wouldn't mind taking them to them, but I'm not going to seek it out and go see this on my own. Right. And I, I still haven't seen the first one anyway. Yeah, neither have I, and I'm definitely not going to go see this one. It did give us that Justin Timberlake song, though, that I love. I don't know what song that is. I get that feeling inside my bones. It goes electric wavy when I turn it on. Anyway. I have no idea what's going on. Can't stop the feeling. You know that song? Okay, fine. I, I don't. The last Justin Timberlake I saw, the song I knew was like... Bringing Sexy Back. No, no. It was something off of like his Periscope album or whatever the hell it's called. Anyway, so... Uh, but yeah, so there was that. And then, Jordan, I had you watch this one, but uh, a trailer for a movie called The Peanut Butter Falcon starring Shiloh LaBeouf. 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 And, you know, it looks like a... I'm the peanut butter falcon! Yeah, yeah, like, I, I hadn't heard of this movie until I saw a trailer earlier this week. Um, it looks good. Yeah, it does Daniel look good. showed me the trailer, like, a moment ago, and it looks really good. Yeah, I mean, it has. it's one of those movies that has the potential to be amazing, or it's just going to be, like, clunky. Kind of reminded me, uh, tone-wise, a little bit of uh, Manchester by the Sea. I don't know if you saw that a couple years ago. I did not see that. Kind of had that same kind of tone going for it, but yes, it looked... Like, it's going to be really enjoyable. Yeah, I know. And it's cool that Shia LaBeouf has uh, got into another acting role. I haven't seen him in a while. Well, I didn't even uh, recognize him until it said his name. I'm like, wait, that was him? Yeah. So, it's, I don't know. It, it's come it, a long way since Crystal Skull. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I still have not seen that movie, and I don't plan on seeing don't it. Don't ever see it. I don't. I, like, I'm sticking with the original Indiana Jones, and I'm good. A lot of things are meant to just be trilogies. More and, on that later. Yeah. Well, well... All right. Um, okay. So those are the trailers. I got some a bunch of quick bites of news, but Halloween 2 is gearing up for a fall shoot and a 2020 release date. Rumored that Jamie, Lee's, Jamie Lee Curtis is coming back for this one. Nice. Uh, Ron Howard has announced that he's directing his first animated movie. Hmm, and it is called The Shrinking of Treehorn. And it's based off of children's books with the same or children's book with the same name, and it is just about a kid who shrinks. Mm, that could be good. I don't. know. I guess I don't have feelings either way. Toward Ron Howard, he's so hit and miss. He makes some really good movies, and then he makes. I don't necessarily think he makes bad movies. He just makes okay movies, really good and okay. Yeah. But yeah, we'll see. Mark Hamill confirms that Luke Skywalker will return as a Force ghost in Rise of Skywalker. So I think we uh, all figured that, but glad to see that he'll be back in some form. And then we got the announcement of a Kingsman, a Kingsman prequel 
it is going to be released February of 2020. And the title is The King's Man. So that's not a great title. No. And I just hope that despite the crappy title, that this kind of rights the ship. Because I love the first one. I'm the, the King's Man. Man. Yeah, the first one was awesome. The second one was, I did not like it. I did not care for it at all. So hopefully this kind of writes the ship. There's supposed to be, still be a third one in the like trilogy. Like of the, I don't know. So hopefully this can write the ship and get, get back on track. Because I really love the first one. It's a great action. I'd rather play. see a Rocketman 2 with that actor. <laughs> all right. Uh, or just a reboot of Kingsman 2. Keep the first one and do a reboot of the second one. Yeah, there's a lot of cool stuff there, but it just did not come together. No, they, they killed everybody in the beginning. And I don't know. There's just so many problems I had with that one. Yeah. We want more Channing Tatum. Gosh, how hard is that? Yeah, more Channing Tatum would have been awesome. Um, Yes, so Kingsman 2, or Kingsman prequel. Imagine if that King was Channing Tatum, Tatum and uh, even if they didn't do the 22 Jump Street Men in Black thing, crossover imagine if that was Channing tatum with uh chris hemsworth that would have been a cool duo actually yeah that buddy, been... buddy cop kind of thing yeah but they still would have had to actually put effort into the script oh yes <laughs> okay and speaking of chris hemsworth uh he get officially gets a star on hollywood's walk of fame along with lawrence fishburne and ruth e carter those were the new additions to the hollywood walk of fame nice nice and then Moving on, we get Warner Bros. gets a new CEO. Really? Yeah. Uh, her name is Anne Sarnoff, and she's formerly the BBC Studio of America president. So she's been around. She's replacing the... Uh, I forget his name, but... The former CEO. The, the former CEO of Warner Bros., who was sounds like he was trying to be way too hands-on with all the dc movies and maybe that's why they're all shitty i actually read a little story about that today that he wanted them to cut the no man's land scene from wonder woman you know the best scene when she walks out of the trenches and she takes all the machine gun fire Mm -hmm. that pivotal scene in the movie he wanted that gone interesting so i'm just like okay well that's not good yeah, so that's really like the last bit of uh, movie news that came out today But while I was like doing my last little count of what I was going to include in the episode. So it'll be interesting. She's uh, supposed to start late summer as official CEO. So hopefully, you know, we'll get more creative people that are just making cool movies and like less studio interference. But yeah, that's all I got for movie news. All righty. Well, cool. Well, let's move on here and go to into weekly look back and talk about some other films and things we saw this week. So, why don't we... Daniel and I saw a movie together this week. We saw a classic called Singing in the Rain. Let's give everybody the quick lowdown. Singing in the Rain came out in 1952, written by Betty Comden and Adolph Green, directed by Stanley Donan and Gene Kelly, also starring Gene Kelly Donald O'Connor and Debbie Reynolds, as well as Gene Hagen, I believe, and Millard Mitchell. In a nutshell, Singing in the Rain is set in 1927 Hollywood. A silent film production company and cast make a difficult transition to sound. This was, yeah, my first time ever seeing this. What, what were your thoughts going in? Yeah, well, this was my first time ever seeing it, so I'm just like, okay. The whole reason I, want, I decided to go see this is because I had been recently printed off a list of the AFI 
top 100 list and it's like top five i think so wow, i'm like so that means you saw two of the top five this last week yeah so i'm like oh and then uh, our local classic theater that was on the summer slate so i'm like yeah well let's let's get our mom who would enjoy this and we'll all just go and you know yeah i didn't know what to expect going in so i've heard about this movie for years only thing i've ever seen from it was gene kelly you know, still shots of him or small clips of him singing in the rain. That's right. all I've ever seen or known about this movie. Maybe the poster with the three of them in their umbrellas. That's it, though. I had no idea what the uh, backdrop story was or anything. But to my surprise, this was a really good movie. Yeah, I laughed so hard yeah. at so many parts I enjoyed movie. myself. The humor was spot on and just, it was hilarious. Yeah, back when you actually had to write a witty script to get it made. Right. <laughs> But yeah, I know I had a great time watching this. They were uh, like, okay, I'm having a hard time remembering the songs, but there was like, there was a lot of good stuff with those. I mean, obviously I remember singing in the rain and the other one I remember was make them laugh. Make them laugh. I think went on a little bit too long, but it had a lot of good visual gags while he was doing it. That went on so long. I watched a couple minutes of it, went and grabbed another drink, came back (laughs) and still watched a couple minutes of it. I remember that you're like, it's still not over. And you got to go all the way to the bathroom and come back. But yeah, so I don't I really enjoyed this movie. I had a great time watching it. I loved the characters. Um I kind of loved the story. I think I my favorite gag that they had was the girl who just had a horrible voice for sound. Yes. And uh, her character was hilarious. She was played by Jean Hagen. It's either Hagen or Hagen. Hagen. I think it's Hagen. Anyway, and she did a great job. I, I, it was just so funny how, yeah, she wasn't gonna, she was probably gonna be left behind because her voice was so bad. Right. It was, uh, it, it cracked me up. Some of my favorite parts in this, I have some things written down. One, um, Don and Cosmo's backstory. They kind of telling it at the beginning. That, that was, was really awesome. funny. <laughs> uh, good visual gags there. And I do like how, even though Don and Lisa's relationship is kind of just all fake and made up, how. You know, just to sell tickets. Mm-hmm. How she's still into it. Like, oh, yeah, no, like, we are totally a couple. And, like, when are you going to propose? He's just like, I hate you. Stop talking to me. So funny. <laughs> but she's, like, all into it. I mean, yeah, she's got an infatuation for him. She likes him. Yeah, and I especially love when they he meets her and she's like, ugh. And then the studio head offers him, like, an actual leading role. And then she's like, oh, my goodness, and wraps his ar- her arm around him. And he's like, what are you doing later? She's like, nothing. He's like, well, I'm busy, and just walks away. That was great. <laughs> uh, I don't know. There, there's just so many good highlights for the humor. I loved Cosmo. He was hilarious. Like, his, I don't know. His comedic timing was amazing. Yeah, no, it really was. <laughs> I think one of my favorite scenes that stood out a lot was when they're trying to record her voice. What they want to do is record her voice and then dub over it, and they're just, you know, it's She's like just talking over here, talking over here, like not talking in the mic. They like even put a microphone like in her dress and are like have a cord running all the way to the recording booth. I mean, it, there's just so many visual, good visual gags in this. Yeah. Oh man. I don't know. There's there's a lot to love. Yeah, I'm like I wouldn't consider myself a musical guy. Like I liked La La Land and a few others here and there. Like Rock Man was great. Mm-hmm. Um. But if you're like, I, I think it's still worth it to see it. Like, it's a great movie. So even if you're not like super hot on musicals, I still say it's worth a shot. I still think there's enough there that even if you despise every single musical, like musical section in the movie, that you're still going to find a lot of good humor. 
Musicals aren't my go-to, but if they're written well, I enjoy them, you know? I don't mind yeah. them. They're just not my go-to. But yeah, this was great. It was funny. I enjoyed it. I would definitely watch this again. I think it's actually on Amazon Prime right now. So if you're listening to this and want to go check out Singing in the Rain, I believe it's on Amazon Prime Okay, to stream. So yeah, check it out. I think it's worth a watch. I think so, I had too. a good time. All right, Daniel, so what did you have next? All right, so the next thing I had was another classic, but I was able to go on Saturday to go see Raiders of the Lost Ark, and let me tell you, still great, still amazing every time I see it. It's a great movie. It's so it's much one of my fun. Favorites. It's definitely in my top 20. It's like the one of my favorite rewatchable movies. Like I rewatch it every year, mostly around summertime cuz a lot of places around where we live play it. So it's a great one to catch on a summer day. Like it feels like a summer movie too. And it's just it's fun. It's 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 Indiana Jones. What more do I have to say? It's an adventure movie that's amazing i don't know that's i don't know what else to say everybody else everybody yeah i'm hoping it's still playing for a few more days i'm hoping to go catch it i love seeing this one on the big screen this will probably be the third or fourth time i see it i've seen it on the big screen if i go this week you know i've which is awesome (laughs) i've seen this like six times probably more but i think i've only watched it at home once and then every time i rewatch it is always during the summer when they're playing it yeah see that's just awesome the same thing with like back to the future Yep, that's coming up too. Half the time I've seen it at home, the other half, I've well, I, that's a lie. I've seen it probably 20 times at home and maybe three times in theaters. God, it's still so good. <laughs> but it's so much fun. <laughs> All right, so I saw another movie this week here. I think it was released a couple months ago. It's still playing a couple second run theaters. I went and saw Amazing Grace, directed by Alan Elliott and Sidney Pollock, starring Aretha Franklin, Reverend James Cleveland, Aretha's father, and a choir what amazing grace is about so aretha franklin performs with a choir at a new bethel baptist church in watts los angeles in january of 1972 it was uh yeah it was just her performing live what it was supposed to be so what they were doing is they were going to record a live basically record a live album of her singing with a choir to a church Mm -hmm. and they decided i think it was warner brothers decided well let's uh let's just record it also like like video record it and we'll make a documentary out of it, and people, you know, we'll put it on TV or something like that. Okay. So I'm going to pull up something here real quick. Bear with me. Okay. Well, yeah, I didn't, I had no idea what this movie was. Like, it sounded like kind of like a biopic, but I didn't realize it was like a documentary. It's n- yeah, it's not a biopic, do- like, it's not a, like a biopic documentary type thing. It's just, uh, it's kind of strange because it's like super, super low budget. Like, they basically just gave cameras to like five, ten different people and said, just go sit in different parts of the church and... Uh-huh. Record and the church is fairly small too. It's like a medium-sized church, I guess, not super, super intimate of like you know like fifty or less, but it's still mm-hmm. only no bigger than a crowd of like three hundred watching her. And yeah, they had people just sitting all around with cameras, and I mean you can see other camera cameramen in the backgrounds constantly. It's it just I don't know. It it seems cheap. I don't know. I don't know how to describe it. Like really, really low production. Like yeah. I thought it would be a little different in like staged and everything a little bit better choreographed a little bit her maybe singing on a stage with a microphone but she basically stands at a podium and sings into a microphone okay it's i don't know like if you're an aretha franklin fan it's definitely kind of cool to go see her sing especially on the big screen right and sing a few songs however it's nothing i would rush out to see like you can it's going to be on a streaming service before we know it i bet i guarantee hulu or netflix is going to pick it up and it'll be on there pretty soon okay so was this a a, like a a fairly recent release then 
Yeah, so this was recorded in 1972. I'm just going to read okay. this for you real quick here. It's going to give you an idea. So director Sidney Pollack was totally inexperienced in shooting music documentaries and shot without clapperboard snapping shut at the beginning of each take to help synchronize sound and picture in post-production. As a result of his mistake, even after months of work by experts, the 20 hours of footage they couldn't be uh, synchronized with the audio tracks. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Because so, it was low budget. The choir director from the Watts recordings was brought was brought in to try and lip-read the reels, but after months of work, only about 150 minutes of footage had been matched with sound, none of it adding up to a complete, usable song. <laughs> Deadlines passed as the Amazing Grace album came out in January, or excuse me, June of 1972, selling millions. In August, Warner Brothers officially wrote off and shelved the movie. Pollock never gave up on the project, but constantly had other commitments. In 2007, dying of cancer, Pollock finally handed the documentary project over to producer and music enthusiast Alan Elliott, who was also co-director of this. And okay. So that's so, pretty crazy. So it came out recently, but it was recorded years ago. And they, yeah, so this, they, this took place on two separate nights, too. And for it to all fit into an hour and a half or under an hour and a half, it makes sense now how they just can Because I'm like, this seems like a short song list for two nights back to back, too. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it was interesting. It was kind of cool to go, I guess, go back in time a little bit to 1972 and watch right. this. But it, again, it's nothing I would rush out to go see in theaters. But yeah, if you want to see it at home, check it out. This was one of my favorite parts of it. On night two, Mick Jagger and Charlie Watts are in the background as part of the audience. Oh, really? Yeah. All of a sudden, there's a camera coming in through the crowd. and They, they stop in the back and just standing in the back is yeah, Mick Jagger. <laughs> That's pretty awesome. And so, and yeah, I mean, in different shots too, they show them clapping and getting into it with the audience. But yeah, it was, it was cool to see that kind of stuff. But again, it was fun, but not worth seeing in theaters to me. Fair enough. Fair enough. The yeah, Amazing Grace. Okay. All right. Yeah, that's interesting. That sounds interesting. I don't know if I'll check that out, but I don't know. Maybe if I, if it they pop it up on Netflix or Amazon. Seems like something that they would most likely put on Amazon. Amazon has a lot of documentaries and things like that. Yeah, so it's 20 hours of footage, and we only got an hour and a half of it. That's that's crazy. Well, I guess that is the way it is. But, yeah, I mean, it, again, it just, it, just, it just didn't seem like it was very well thought out and planned in the planning process to, on how they were going to record it. I mean, uh, it kind of, you know, you kind of get an idea of what I read in that trivia description there right but yeah so what else do you have daniel um the next thing i have is i revisited a movie that came out earlier this year that i now own the entire trilogy of but i watched how to train your dragon 3 awesome so it's just i was just feeling it i'm like i want to watch something but i'm not really sure what and then i'm just like you know what just wanted a good feel-good movie you're like well it's more like well i'm gonna go see toy story 4 tomorrow probably gonna cry might as well watch how to Train Your Dragon 3 and cry some more, so just get all my crying out. <laughs> it's kind of funny. I got a story about that, too. Well, yeah. So, I mean, I just watched it. I mean, we, we already did a review on it. If you want to go back and listen to that. If you haven't seen it, definitely watch it. It's out on Blu-ray, DVD, digital. It's amazing, and it's a great ending for the series. That's really all I got to say is I cried again in this movie. <laughs> At the exact same part. Yeah. So, <laughs> my, my uh, quick story. I watched the story, the Toy Story trilogy this last week to prep for four. And before I watched Toy Story 3, you know, no one was going to cry. 
I watched the last episode of season three of The Wonder Years, mm-hmm. and that kind of brought a little tear to my eyes before I went and watched Toy Story, which also brings a tear to you. Yeah, I mean, because Toy Story 1 and 2, it's like, yeah, these are, well, we'll, we'll, we'll get there. We'll get there. <laughs> and like I said, I've, I've got the Toy Story trilogy I've watched this week, but I'm going to save that for Toy Story talk altogether. Right. You had one more, Daniel? Yes. Uh, the last one I had is uh, the movie that was assigned to me last week was Citizen Kane. So I watched that this week. Rosebud. Rosebud. Yes, Jordan. Rosebud. Yeah, yeah. So, this movie is a movie that I would never fucking watch again. I I almost turned it off in the first 10 minutes. I was so bored. <laughs> so, it does, okay, it does, to its credit, it picks up a little bit, and there's some interesting stuff that they do with it, how... Damn, this it, movie was ahead of its time. I know, with non-linear storytelling, I got that. I mean, like, you know, you, you get the, the guy who's cinematography like... cinematography alone is just amazing. And maybe that's like, if I really, really like... I'm, I'm not like a movie expert. I'm not a movie scholar. Like, I just like, I don't... I, like, I, I can notice good shots and things that I enjoy in a movie, but I'm just like, this is just... It's not for me. Maybe it's just because I'm just... Maybe I'll try it in another five to ten years. Maybe I'll have a whole different opinion of it. But as it stands right now, I'm just like, okay. Uh, like, it's it's interesting. I'll give it that. Like, and it picked up a lot after the. I don't know what was with the first like five ten minutes. I think I got really turned off by the guy. Like, the first. Well, it was only like three minutes of the guy just like you know that old radio voice like today, with news on the march. I'm like, oh my god, and that felt like it went on forever. But in reality, it was only like three minutes. I don't know. So I was just continue. I don't know. It's just like, and then it was kind of interesting to know that, or I knew the twist is Rosebud is a sled. Boom. Spoiler alert. But what I didn't know is that no one actually ever figures out what it is. And they are just burning a bunch of useless artifacts from the guy's life. And one of the things that they throw in there was an old wooden sled. That was Rosebud that you see in the beginning of the movie. But I don't actually think they make it so you don't see the Rosebud emblem at the beginning at all. You only see the bottom of the sled, I think. Yeah, you don't know. You have no idea till the right. very end. Yeah. So, I mean, it was very interesting. Like, I could appreciate how, like, the interviewer, like, the the whole plot is just an interviewer trying to get, figure out who Rosebud is. So he visits a bunch of different people throughout his life. Well, I think it's probably, like, a love of his life. Like, some woman that he romanced over the years. Yeah. So they're trying to figure it out. And so this interviewer's meeting with different people, some people a couple times, and they each are giving him while they're telling him a, a snippet about their his life that they were involved in, you see like it play out on screen. So yeah, like I could appreciate the nonlinear storytelling, especially that early. But I, I'm probably not gonna rewatch this movie for a very long time because this is just not a movie that I was clamoring for. I was just not very into it. That's why we play the game. Yeah, I mean, like it. It's always good to see new things. So definitely, always see new things. Even if you hate it, that's fine. At least but you it, saw something new. But hey, you've seen number one of the top ten, or excuse me, top hundred of the AFI. You've you've seen number one on the hundred. Fuck it. I, I'm having a hard time today too. <laughs> AFI top one hundred list. Yes, you've seen number one. You've seen two of the top five now. At least two. I think three. Well, I mean, in the last week, you saw two of the top five. Right. So, but I can at least safely say that I would rewatch this again before I rewatch The French Connection 
For sure. Oh, definitely. For sure. Definitely. <laughs> I enjoyed it a lot more than you did. But at the same time, I don't fig- I cannot figure out how that's on the top 100 list. French I don't connection. know. I mean, what, when did you first see Citizen Kane? No, I'm talking about French. I know, I know but we're going back to Citizen Kane. I first saw it in high school, like senior year probably. Did you love it in high school? What's that? I loved it, but I appreciated it. And I watched it more and more. I, I mean, I, I bought the DVD years ago, and I've watched it right. a handful of times at least. And i that's one of the movies I appreciate the more I watch it, the more I appreciate it. One thing I love is on the DVD, there's a two-disc set. On the second disc is a documentary called The Battle Over Susan Kane, which talks about Orson Welles' struggle to get the movie made and, fi- and put in theaters. And it's a very, very interesting documentary. Okay. Maybe I feel like Maybe I might I'll enjoy that the, to you next. I feel like I might enjoy the documentary more. But okay. It's a so, good one. So it's just something that aged like aged better when you aged. You got older, saw more movies, appreciated things more. Like I said, I I need it's to watch like the big, big Lebowski. Lebowski gets yeah. better and better upon viewing. And that's part of the I think part of the big Lebowski is just the older I get, the better it gets. Right. And I'm due because I've only ever seen that once. I watched it on my sixteenth birthday and I'm like, I don't even get the oh, idea yeah. like You're why this way is so overdue big. to watch that. Right. So I need to like ten years later, I'm sure this is a whole different appreciation that's gonna be applied. Oh definitely. So like I said, I'll I'll watch the Citizen Kane a few years from now when I'm a little older, a little wiser, growing hair in weird places, and maybe I'll like it some more. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. We'll see. All right. Well, I'm glad you watched it. You know, I mean, so far I think I've assigned you pretty decent movies. I mean, American Beauty. I think Citizen Kane is probably my least favorite one that I've watched from you. Wolf of Wall Street. <laughs> yeah. All right. All right. Well, who knows? Who's getting assigned what? We'll find out at the end of the episode. I don't know. I should have actually had something ready just in case I won. Yeah. Well, I got something for you because I'm prepared to win. Okay. All right. <laughs> All right, well, moving on here. That's all the moves you had, right? Yep. That's... Okay, so moving on here. Let's talk some Toy Story. Today's episode, we're just going to we're going to talk about Toy Story 4 quite a bit, but we're also just going to talk about Toy Story, maybe a little bit of Pixar, but in general, just it's going to be a whole just Toy Story talk. Absolutely. If you will. I mean, because both of us watched the trilogy leading up to number four. Yeah. I mean, I watched it all in one night. Do you want to? Do you want to start with your? What's your history with Toy Story? Like, talk about your history with Toy Story, thoughts and things going into this fourth one. I gotta feel say this is probably one of the first movies I've ever seen. I mean, it came out the year I was born. Like, came out in 1994. So obviously, yeah, it came out in 94. Five. November of 95. Look it up. Damn it, Jordan. Uh, Tell you what, I'll look it up. You keep talking. Okay. Okay. All right. Oh, wait, so I had it pulled up on IMDb over here. I swear it came out in 94. All right. 1995. Damn it. Okay. So Should have placed a bet. All right. So. Yeah. Torso- November 22nd, 1995. Okay. So it came out in 1995. So a year oh. after I was born. But obviously, I'm not watching movies when I'm a baby. But this has got to be one of my earliest memories of watching a movie. We had this on VHS. I don't know how many times I've watched it. Uh, we wore the crap out of that VHS. Oh, yeah. like It would be a miracle if it's still played to this day. There, I remember walking through the room so many times and you and Kylie just sitting there watching Toy Story. Yeah. I but mean, yes, continue. <laughs> it, it's great. I, I loved it so much. When I was a kid, like I just fused nostalgia for it. And I've heard a lot of people say the animation doesn't hold up. But I say it's... 
I think I, I don't know. Like I would like I'd be interested to show a kid today Toy Story one and see if they're like, well, this looks like garbage or something. But as far as nostalgia goes, it's probably it keeps it in there. But I watched the whole trilogy and like from the first to the second to the third, like it's just an amazing journey that you do with these characters. I mean, these are probably the best some of the best written characters I've ever seen, like period animation or live action. Oh, and this is one of the, especially nowadays, one of the few, uh, stories slash, uh, franchises that they actually build on the shoulders of every single movie that came before it. I don't know. I just, I have a huge love for these characters. I have a huge love for these, the series. I mean, up until Toy story four, I'd probably put this on my top three favorite trilogies of all time. Um, you know, I still gotta say, even with the fourth one, I probably put it up there with my favorite sagas. <laughs> probably, we'll we'll find out in a few years if we look as fondly. <laughs> How'd you compare this to the Alien quadrilogy? <laughs> yeah, I've only seen the first two Aliens, so I'm still good. Mm. <laughs> well, it's something to think about for betting later. Yep. But yeah, it's just uh, I don't know. I I just love these characters. I love this world. I love the concept, and the more I think about it, it kind of freaks me out. Like. The one concept that they have throughout this whole movie that makes me think that my toys were alive when I was a kid was just like, you know, looking for your toy and you can't find it, then looking in the exact same spot and all of a sudden it's just there. I don't know. That gets me when I think about that every time with these movies. But yeah, I I know as a kid, he crossed his fingers that my Edward Scissorhand doll wouldn't come to life. Do you have one? No. <laughs> I'm like, I know you have a bobblehead now. But yeah, no, I don't know. I still really love this movie and I think I'll always love it. And I can't wait to show like my kids these movies whenever I have kids. I don't have any kids right now. Yeah, we'll start with the nephew. Yeah. Hey River. So yeah, Jordan, I mean, you were a little older when these came out, so what's your thoughts on these? So for me, Toy Story came out in 1995. I was 12 years old. Like, and what's that? I said almost prime demographic. Technically a little older than prime demographic, but still. Well, so, so here's what's funny about this. I'm 12 years old. You know, I'm going into junior high. Mm-hmm. And I'm kind of at an age where like Toy Story's coming out. I could have thought, like, oh, it's just going to be a kid's movie. I'm too cool for that stuff. You know, I'm, I'm moving on to bigger, badder stuff like Jurassic Park and all that kind of stuff. Matrix. PG-13. Yeah, I'm in the PG-13 realm now. What up? So, yeah, I thought I was too cool for it. I'm, I'm trying to remember where I was uh, mentally for it because there was, you know, I'm, I'm transitioned to where I am think I'm too cool for that kind of stuff. You know, I want to watch more grown-up stuff. However, this just looked different you know because everything leading up to that was like cartoons like you know, what we're used to seeing two-dimensional cartoons right. like all the disney stuff i've seen leading up to that you know at the time aladdin and lion king are big I'm, I'm still into those i love them and this just you know it's different i'm like there's something about this you know and i remember all the tv previews and everything for this just saying mm-hmm. the first full-length 3d animation movie and i mean and i just remember leading up to it's for at least like that looks pretty cool like right kind of looks like a kid movie because it's about toys but same time that looks really cool and we went and saw i believe we went and saw it as a family at least my parents and my um one of my siblings i don't think you were you were obviously too young for that yeah i was one yeah i hope they didn't so take me. at least a couple of us went and saw it and 
I just remember being blown away by it. Not, not only blown away, but just surprised. Like, this is a good movie. Not good, like, passable kid movie, but, like, it's a good, genuine movie. Yeah. It's got humor in there for adults, humor in there for kids. I mean, it's for everybody. Things that kids don't get, adults get, and they'll get when they're older. Yeah. And, I don't know, I, just, I, just, I remember just loving the world that they created. The characters, I mean, Woody and Buzz, and just all their friends around. It, it was just, it was great. I mean, it's... You know, it's a great life lesson, you know, about jealousy when something new arrives, you know, like new kid comes to school and is pretty cool, I guess. I don't know. I mean, that's, I guess what at age 12, that's what you kind of pick up. Yeah. What if someone cool came to school and like took your spot and you're no longer the cool kid, this other kid, I don't know. Yeah. And it's also just blows me away to know that this movie wasn't written by professional writers. This is people that were just trying to make a 3D movie that just like new technology was trying to work like. Pixar is just trying new stuff and trying to make a, a 3D movie. But it was written by those same people, and somehow they wrote an, wrote an amazing movie. Yeah, I mean, John Lasseter, I, I didn't finish it. I watched the first half. I think I talked about this a long time ago on the show, but I was watching a Pixar story, which is still on Netflix. If you haven't checked it out, check it out. It's about the earlier life of Pixar leading up. It goes, it's like early stages in like mid-80s all the way through, I believe, Cars is where it ends. Okay. But yeah, it's a great documentary. And yeah, it's just it's cool to see like the process of this making this movie and just the ideas they had and just trying to get it sold and like, you know, they're trying to sell crazy it's pretty much cuz nobody had ever done this before. Yeah. I mean, they I I don't know, just the story of Pixar is just insanely incredible, you know, like, you know, uh what's it George uh John Lasseter? John Lasseter, but Steve like Jobs. uh Steve Jobs comes in like it was like, there's something interesting happening. So he throws money at them and like, they're trying to do a thing with Disney, but Disney keeps like being hesitant and there's just a back and forth. So when Disney like backs away, like Steve Jobs pimps Pixar out to do animations for commercials while they're still trying to figure out their Disney deals. Yep. And it's just, it goes back and forth until Well, that's where you somehow, see like, we've seen like a lot of their short stories from back, back then too. Yeah. Like Tin Toy is a really good one to watch. It's a scary baby. Minus the scary baby. <laughs> the scary baby. But that was a good, yeah, a good, like, almost prequel for, like, to- what Toy Story was going to turn into. Right. And uh, I just, I mean, back to Toy Story. I, I love this movie so much. So, yeah, we had it on VHS. We watched the crap out of that on VHS. It's it was... amazing that it survived four kids. <laughs> but, yeah, it's amazing that it sur- yeah, survived four kids. But, yeah, that was probably the most played VHS in our household. And we watched that all the time. I mean, I mean, that was one of those movies I had memorized, like, the first like Star Wars trilogy and Back to the Future, Home Alone, like that was one of them up there where, that I, where I had all the lines memorized because I just seen yeah. it so many times. But it, it was such a good classic. And then moving on in 1999, you have Toy Story 2 comes out. And are we ready to move on to Toy Story 2? I don't know. Should we talk about Toy Story 1 still more? I, I don't know. I mean, it's just gushing right now. I mean, We're we gushing. To, I know. We like, moved to Toy Story 2. I mean, I just, I don't know. I love this movie so much. I, it's, uh, it's just it's just so it's so many good stuff. I mean, and I you know going back and watching it, you know I haven't watched it in a few years. So going back and watching it again this last week, yes, some of the animation is outdated, but it still is pretty sharp for the most part. Pretty sharp storytelling, still amazingly on point. The storytelling is still great. I mean, just everything the char- the characters are what saved this. I it would definitely feel dated if the characters weren't. What the frick? Why is this? Yeah, yours is like one and mine's like two. Uh, I don't know. That's weird. Anyway, I don't know why it's doing that. Okay. But it's still recording my voice, so whatever. Okay. All right, well, this should be fine. Anyway, okay. 
moving on here. But yeah, but the to- the characters would hold us together. The characters and the just the great humor. I mean, there's just so many good, funny parts. And, you know, you love, you fall in love with all the characters, all of them. Like, Woody, yeah. like, well, out of the first Toy Story, who's your favorite character? Out of the first one? Um... Sid, no. Uh, I mean, it's it's really like, for the first one, it's probably, um, I would say besides Woody and Buzz, I think Ham has always been one of my top favorites because he's such a fun character. Yeah, for me, yeah, it's kind of a toss between Ham and Mr. Potato Head. I think in the first one, Mr. Potato Head kind of takes, takes it. It's just funny because, I, I mean, I love the concept of that character. He's a guy who's always, like, trying to put his face on. Like, yeah. Ages three and up. It's on my box. Ages three and up. I'm yeah. not supposed to be babes in Princess Drool. I know. That that is hilarious. I know. Mr. Mr. Potato Head's probably a close second. I just I love Ham's character just because he always knows so much stuff, even though it doesn't make sense how he knows all this stuff. Evil pork chop. <laughs> it's just, I don't know. I, I loved him. I, Mr. Potato Head's hilarious too i just like you're a murderer no no i'm not and he pulls out a hand i knew it <laughs> so i just good. i think it's so funny that he's just like turns on woody like he's one of the first people to turn on him and it seems like he's also one of the toys that came up with woody i still love and this is one of those like adult jokes that kids don't get till they're older like hey look i'm picasso he's like ham's like i don't get it oh you you uncultured swine I know. I actually probably didn't get that until my last viewing of it this year because I hadn't watched them for a little bit, but I actually "Ah." laughed. I know. I remember we talked about this a little bit. I wish I still had those notes, but it was just like all the things I never noticed and all the Easter eggs that I noticed in the first one that I never noticed before. Like the book saying Tin Toy in the background in Andy's room. Sid has a weird (laughs) interrogation book. Sid's posters and stuff around his room are funny. Yeah. I think one of my favorite visual gags to this day that still cracks me up every time is when they're in the back of the moving van. Woody and Buzz and RC are coming in with a rocket full speed. They drop RC into the back of the van. He goes flying. Everybody scatters and Potato's sitting there by himself and just gets smashed by RC and his parts just explode. That visual yeah. gag just still cracks me up every time. No, it does. And I also, I think one of my favorite scenes in the first one is the uh, the pizza truck scene when they sneak in and Buzz just like slips down in the front seat, buckles up, and he just like pats himself like, good, all right, I'm, I'm, I'm secured. This is going to be fine. And then, but what he's just like, Ugh, what an idiot. And then he just slams and he just gets thrown, thrown everywhere in the back of the truck. It's smashed by a toolbox. Like I just I love that. Scene like so all right, much. cowboy, let's get in here. And he was just like, uh, <laughs> yeah. banana peel or something. On and when know. they get when they sneak into Pizza Planet in the uh, the big cup and the burger box, I love that too. Yeah, that's amazing. <laughs> hey, watch it. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so great. Oh yeah. Just, it, the laughs are all throughout, and I I don't know. I just I fell in love with this movie immediately upon first viewing, and I've loved it ever since. Yeah. So yeah, I guess I guess moving on a little bit here. Then you got Toy Story two that comes out in nineteen ninety nine. I was excited to go see it. I'm like, the toys are back. They got new toys coming in, new new members. Can't wait. And I'm pretty sure we saw that as a family. Maybe even you went for, for oh, that yeah, one. I definitely saw that in theaters. And wasn't let down at all. I loved that one just as much as the first one. Everything still from start to finish was just funny. The animation in four years took a nice big leap forward. And looks very sharp. I mean, and I love the new characters. Jesse, Bullseye, the uh, Prospector, all great new characters. And yeah, just 
So it's just it's just the adventure they go on to go try and save Woody, finding out about Woody's past. I mean, again, yeah. like you were saying, I think earlier that this just stands on the shoulders of the one that came before it, making it just as good, if not even a better movie. Yeah, and it gives it a little bit of a time jump. Like, I mean, probably like a year or two, maybe. Yeah, I think not two much. years, maybe. Yeah, but like Small it just jump. so that like the characters are more like yeah, they're in a new house, they're settled down. Yeah, and uh, I mean, again, like the story behind the second one is even. Like, crazy, because, again, Disney was actually trying to, like, Disney owns the right to the Pixar characters, and they actually were going to make this into a direct-to-DVD movie. They gave it to a, uh, they gave it to a B-team at Pixar who just made, like, Toy Story, like, computer ROM discs, like, games, and they started making the movie, and Disney's like, oh, holy shit, we got... We got to start this machine up. We got to get marketing in place because this is a movie that we want. Yeah, because this came out one year after Bugs Life. Bugs Life was 98, and then one year later, this. Yeah. So it's just, it's crazy how the story, like, it's still turbulent, like, after huge success of Toy Story and Bugs Life, like, this movie still almost didn't happen how it, it, it did happen. Well, did you hear how... The original copy, I think the movie was like halfway done. And it got got deleted. Yeah. <laughs> and they had some it. server problem and whoops. Yep. And then they lost 90% of the movie. But there was one woman who made a big fuss because she like was a stay at home or she w- ha- was a mom or something. So she like was like badgering them until they gave her a workstation in her home. And that became the saving grace that she had a copy of the m- whole movie at her house. Okay, I did not hear that part of the story. Yes. So this this one woman just had a server, like a whole copy of the entire movie at her workstation at home. So they literally, dro- like the, the John Laster, I think just like, dr- they all drove to her house, loaded it in like the Ark of the Covenant and freaking like brought it back to Pixar and like four people were carrying it inside to retrieve the movie. Did not hear that part. Okay. Yeah, but it's it's a crazy story. Like, just the history of Pixar and how these movies get made is insane. Yeah, and I I love the second one so much though. It's it's just so much fun. Buzz kind of becomes the leader of the group with Woody Gunn. Like, all right, we got to go save Woody. He's been kidnapped. Here's where he's at. Let's go get him. And you know their whole adventure. Yeah. And I like I love the the scenes inside Al's toy barn are the, hilarious. Those are the tour guide Barbie. The bar the Barbies crack me up. They're just like they drive down an aisle and they're like, they're like, hey, I don't think we've been down. I don't think we've been down here before. Or he's like, we've been down this aisle already. No, I don't think we have. It's all pink. And then you hear, yeah, it's just like a bunch of Barbies music. Barbies. And it's like, can one of you help us? Slides down the slide. I'm tour guide Barbie, and takes him on a tour of the toy store. Uh, my favorite part before that's, I'm a married spud. I'm a married spud, and then Ham would make way for the single fellas. Yeah, it's oh. <laughs> so good. It is so good. You get so much good stuff in the toy store. Oh man, you actually get to see Zerg like the arch nemesis of Buzz Lightyear, which I used to have one yeah, of those toys. That that again too is one of the coolest beginnings to the toy story movies too is the whole buzz flying through space and defeating you know battling zerg yeah you don't know if buzz is like having a dream you don't know what's going on it turns out to be a video game as we all know but yeah we didn't know what was going on like is buzz having a dream that he's going up against zerg or something and then he gets blasted and blown up and then it says game over as it zooms out and oh someone's playing a game yeah and no. there's rex i'm never gonna defeat zerg i know that <laughs> Oh man, there's so much to love in all of these movies. Like, 
I mean, I loved Zerg in that movie too because I had one, and you actually looked through the back of it, and it would like have like a little red dot that you would see through. Zerg vision. I don't. Yeah, know. it's something like I that. I don't remember. Hey, I think I remember you having that. But, I don't know. Uh, I don't know. I used to have. I, I never had a Woody, but I had a full size uh, Buzz Lightyear, and I had a Zerg. Okay, I remember those two. Yeah, I don't. I don't think we had because I don't really. I much as I love the movies, I never got any toys for them ever. Yeah, but I don't know these. The second movie is just like it introduces like we get so many new characters. I mean, well, we get originally in the beginning of the movie, you get uh, Wheezy. The tragic character mm-hmm. on the shelf that you know squeaker doesn't work. The squeaker's broken. You know, and goodbye, then uh, it still cr- gets me every time when he's like goodbye, Woody, and it's like dying voice. I'm like no, Wheezy. We barely we've known this character for thirty seconds. It's like no, Wheezy. I know they do such a good job. And that, we- that's that's yeah, that's just that's how good they are at telling stories. It's like you've known this character for like less than a minute, and you're like oh no no. Yeah, you get introduced to Buster the dog. Which yeah. is one of the late additions to the movie that they're like, no, you have to animate a dog. And every, I guess the team pictures like, what? And it's like, well, we mentioned a dog at the last, at the end of the first one, so we have to have a dog in this one. Yep. So, but that dog looks really cool. I love the dog in the second one. Just like act casual. Do 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 do. Not, <laughs> Not that, that casual. casual. <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy. Just, Not that casual. Uh, yeah, and so good. I mean, yeah, and the whole cast carries Jesse Bullseye, like you said, the prospector. You know. Voiced by the great Kelsey Grammer. <laughs> yeah, I almost said Fraser, but yeah, Kelsey Grammer. Same thing. Which also, Beast. you know, you know, I didn't know this trope when I was a kid, but if you cast Kelsey Grammer as a voice actor, he's the bad guy. <laughs> yep. Which I don't know how established that trope was when Toy Story Two came out, but yeah, I don't know. But I don't know. It's this movie's still so good. There's so many good gags. You just build on the shoulders. You develop these characters even more. And I I love the ending of this. The whole airport running around. I didn't realize till I was watching it again just how much I really do enjoy that. Yeah, that's whole a sequence. great sequence. From running around in the baggage area to chasing the baggage mobile to the plane to being on the plane to getting off the plane. I mean, it's all great. Which one of my favorite uh, parts when they get into the airport is when they're in the uh, the dog carrier and a little girl's like, "Oh, a puppy!" And they're bark bark bark. And then Woody oh, passed right. uh, Slinky. Yeah, and Woody passed Slinky on the head like good job. <laughs> I love that. So good. <laughs> oh my god, it's just it's so good. I love that so much. Well, it's it's fun seeing like again Woody's background, and you know with Woody's roundup finding out that he was a celebrity, and it, which makes you wonder the story even more with Andy's dad is like was Woody. A toy that his dad had as a kid and grew up with and held on to and then passed down to his son and that's why Woody means so much to Andy. Right. But yeah, we we never get the full conclusion to that. No. Or do we? Stay tuned. Yeah, uh, and yeah, and I just love like they they made him a collectible like a collector's item because he's an old toy. Uh, I just love how they like introduce that aspect is like he is a collectible for like a fan and it just makes it. I don't know. I just remember hearing a bunch of stuff about they researched and talked to toy collectors of what makes a toy collectible to like, like like new status yeah like the prospector still in his box yeah exactly like prospector's mint condition um i don't know it's just these characters are great and i love like you i still love the sequence where he's like looking through all of his collective like his memorabilia he's like what is it uh it shoots bubbles yeah <laughs> 
You're like, oh, I get it. Uh, there's a snake in my boot. Ah, nice. Yeah. Nice, clever. <laughs> That's a good part where he knocks the teeth out of that one thing. <laughs> yeah, and I like how in this one, it's Buzz that brings Woody back to reality. Because mm-hmm. in the first one, like Woody's just trying to get Buzz down to reality. In this one, you know, it's the exact opposite. It's Buzz and is it, trying to bring Woody back. And it grows back. their friendship, too. Like, you really see them bonding more at the end of this, too. And it's great. It's It's such good stuff. Yeah, I was. Oh, I was gonna say to this day, Jesse's song still brings me to tears. Yeah, she's got like that's one of the things that every time it seemingly they introduce a new toy, it's tragic. I well, <laughs> in general, as far as a kid movie goes, I think that is the first kid movie that ever brought tears in my eyes. I mean, I was in high school when this movie came out. Right. You know, I was too cool to cry or anything like that. But man, this that. Back in 1999, I remember remember sitting in theaters and just being completely moved by her song. I mean, just moved by it and just tearing up. I know. It's just, it's a crazy, it's a crazy song. I don't, I don't remember if I teared up. Who would have thought a little cowgirl doll could do that? Yeah. (laughs) I don't know. It's just, I don't know. Like, there's just. And that's something to say about we haven't even mentioned like Randy Newman. I think that was Sarah McLaughlin and Randy Newman. That was Sarah McLaughlin, yeah, that did the Jesse song. Okay, but I'm like, yeah, Randy Newman. Yes, Randy Newman, who wrote three songs for the original movie, and you, we all recognize when we hear the startup of the "You Got a Friend in Me," we all recognize it. Yeah, it knows that our mind, boom, instantly goes to the Toy Story. Exactly. And I, yeah, and it's just he does such a good job with these movies. I mean, I think like the the couple songs, two or three songs that they used in the fourth one were both were all really good. Yeah, it's but, all Randy Newman again. Yeah. Um. Oh man, yeah, Jesse's song. That's a good one. It's yeah. I got the uh, Pixar soundtrack, and they're all on there. Nice. Got the Toy Story. I mean, it's nice thing about Spotify. You can have all the soundtracks. <laughs> And get all the songs, and if you feel like crying, just put on Jesse's song. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. And then, yeah, I, I don't know, like, what else to say about the second one? Just like how the second one ends. Just like we just like the whole arc is like we just want to enjoy the time that we have while we still have it. Yep. With Andy, and then the third one is like, well, what if that day eventually comes? Let's explore how that would happen and so moving on let's talk the third one a little bit here so yeah i mean we had these two movies for 11 years by themselves and i mean for me the story was complete it was amazing two amazing movies i'm like they ever did a third i just feel like it'd be a cash grab at this point and we've got all so many good i mean you know excuse me pixar pixar and disney Three, we're throwing out everything from Monsters Inc. to Finding Nemo to Incredibles to Cars to Ratatouille, Ratatouille, Inside Out, all those good ones. And yeah, and you're just like, yeah, I mean, if they want to put out another one, Wally. I mean, how can we forget Wally? And yeah, I mean, who needs a sequel when you got all that stuff? Yeah. But you know, they decided, you know what, we're gonna do a third one. And I mean, I remember being even hesitant for that one. Like, oh, I mean, I guess my memories with the third one. So you know, third one's coming out. They did a good job with, I remember with the trailers, and I'm like, okay, you know what? This actually looks like it could be a really fun movie. And I, yeah, I remember sitting with one of my friends and this girlfriend at a bar, and it's like, I don't know, 11, 11 30 at night. Mm-hmm. This is still when midnight runs were a thing. Right. So it's like a Thursday night. It's getting close to midnight. We're on Rotten Tomatoes on our phones looking at reviews, and they're like, it's like 100% on Rotten Tomatoes. And we're like reading the headlines of all the reviews. I'm like, 
nothing to prepare you for the ending. The ending is just the sweet, most touchingest thing ever. And like, you're just reading all these like headlines for all the reviews and we're just like, oh my gosh, we got to work tomorrow, but we should probably just uh, get less sleep tonight and go see this. Right. So yeah, we left the bar and we went and saw Toy Story 3. And my gosh. Yeah. Was that amazing? Yeah. Like this is, it's funny because between Toy Story 2 and Toy Story 3, I would say it wasn't until like Wally or Up when Toy St- like uh, Pixar figured out how to rip your heart out of its of your chest. Mm-hmm. Like I mean, like the first two are good. Like in the like you said, like the Sarah McLaughlin song, Jesse song, very heartfelt. But they haven't quite nailed that. Like we're just gonna get at your emotions. I kind of feel like they do with Jesse's song though. Well, I, I I'm saying like that's like but that was a good start to it all. I guess yeah, but they hadn't like quite nailed it down. I feel like until. If I remember right, like up, up is where they really get you in the first ten minutes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So it wasn't until like, so you're like Toy Story one, Toy Story two, great movies, so good, so fun, and then Toy Story three, they're just like, oh, they get you, they get you hard at, for the ending. And yeah, it's just, and I like the story of this too because you're like, where is this gonna go? But letting go is kind of the theme of Toy Story three, and I love it. Like Andy's grown up. I mean, I love the beginning too. Like they're getting played with less and less. I love how they steal the cell phone and try to call him so yeah. that he opens, forcing him to open the chest and like see them and be like, oh, maybe I should play with them. And then he doesn't. I love that so much. Yeah. But yeah, the Toy Story 3, great story. I thought, you know, like they all go to daycare. They get donated to go to daycare, mm-hmm. meet new people. And, but yeah, I mean, they just, it's all about leaving the past behind and stuff like that. Right. And moving on. And they introduce some good new characters there. Like I love Barbie and Ken. They are hilarious. Hi. Ken, yes, Ken is amazing. I love like the torture scene where she's just ripping his clothes. She's like, you won't break me. No, no, not that one. Yeah, it cracks me up because like a couple like, nah, and then she's like partially ripping one. I forget what kind of sweater. It was like some like, it was like some kimono or something. He's just, he's tied up just like, no, no, no. Okay, fine, fine. I'll tell you. He's got the, it's so great. Yeah, I know. I love I love that they introduced Ken in the third one. He's a great character. Um, oh, they they crack me up. Like Ken and Barbie together, and I I completely forgot until I watched it last week that they used Dreamweaver. They kind of do a uh, uh, parody of Wayne's World, and they when they first eyeball each other, and they got Dreamweaver playing. Yeah, I for- so fun. I don't think I made that connection when I watched it. Yeah, Dream- which I want to say I love the like. Kind of like the similar to the intro in the second one, how it starts out with Buzz doing all this crazy stuff, and you find out it's a video game. The third one starts out with this like huge like uh, western scene. Yes, that's and, such a fun. <laughs> and it's just like so cool and so ridiculous, and it's like western. Then all of a sudden, there's a spaceship in the sky, and then eventually it cuts to Andy just like playing with all of his toys with like you know his cardboard boxes. Just kind of like this is just all of his imagination. Like this is what Andy sees when he's playing with his toys, and I think that's. An amazing way to open that. Yeah. No, I mean, it, it, it kind of takes me back to what I used to do with, like, Lego all the time. Go on these adventures with all my Lego figures and spaceships, pirate ships, just whatever. And just whatever you wanted to mix with whatever Yeah, else. I mean, I would have I would mix Lego, like, Ice Age Lego with, uh, I don't know, Transformer robots. Like, yeah, it didn't s- matter. Star Wars with my Bionicles. The Star Wars guys were always trying to cut up the Bionicles. It was great. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, that was a great sequence there, and I, and I do love how they it's like a they, it's like a fast forward sequence of like somebody with a handheld camera all the way to him being a teenager. Yeah, it's I don't know it's it's a very moving movie, and I I love the atmosphere and 
talk about you want to talk about jump of animation from 1999 to 2010. I know it's insane. Huge like the first jump. from first to the second, like it's noticeable, but it's also not like huge. But from the second to the third, it's just on a whole nother level, yeah. like several levels, an up. entire another level. Humans are pretty much perfected at this time. You know, they're still got their animation cartoonish look, but they're still way more perfected ahead of what they were. I know you're not just seeing just a bunch of Andy's faces plastered on a bunch of other children. <laughs> like in the first one, like at his birthday party scene, it's just all Andy. Well, even, even so, yeah, that's something that in the animation. So like you, they really don't show too much human face other than Andy. They don't show you too much. I would say Andy and Sid are the two they show the face of the most. His mom, they do a little bit, but mostly it's shots of like legs. Like when Buzz is getting in the truck, they show the truck driver, but they only show like his arms. Right. At Pizza Planet, it's people in the background with shadows over them. So they, yeah, it's you don't see a lot of faces in the first one a lot. Yeah. And, you know, and that's just like, which is fine because it, it still helps kind of build the, the perspective. perspective of like this is shot from a toy's point of view. Right, it's taught from the choice made you. And also, I think it partially like is credited to Pixar just knowing what works and what doesn't. Like They're like, okay, we have to show Andy. We have to show his mom sparingly. But anybody else, non-essential, is like, no, we're not going to show their faces because that doesn't actually work yet. Yeah, because the only other kids you really see are Sid and his sister. Like You don't ever see his parents, really. Yeah, and you only see his sister's face a couple times, too. Like it's They're used sparingly. Yeah. And then in the third one, and yeah, you move on. You've got our sex. Excuse me. The second one, you move on, and you've got Al of Al's Toy Barn. I think right. you see a little more Andy's mom, maybe. Yeah. But yeah, they, it gets better. But then, boom! You jump to the third one, and I mean, it's perfected by then. Yes. And it looks sharp. I, I and I love I love the world of this one, like how they capture Buzz and reprogram him. It becomes kind of a prison setting with everybody in their ca- individual I, cages. It's like so yeah, I know. I'm like, oh my god, like, I never realized like this is probably like they're parroting Shawshank Redemption too, and it's just like things that I didn't understand when I first saw this and watching now. I'm like, oh my god, like I can appreciate those sequences so much more. I'm like, oh, so it turns into like a Prison Break movie. Like halfway through, yeah, <laughs> it's it's so much fun. Like they have so much fun. Like as this technology moves on, just the cinematography gets better. Like I love Woody's escape, his original escape or attempt from the place. Yes, when he's climbing up the, uh, the urinal walls, going out the window, and then when he's on the roof and trying to like uses a kite, uses a, a kite glider. to get away. I it's it's all just amazing. They do so much clever stuff, and it makes sense. Like Woody's a toy; he's mostly felt so obviously wouldn't weigh down a kite that much and it's just they do so they they do so much things that you didn't think of that they could do with these toys like resetting buzz and putting him in spanish mode and <laughs> that was hilarious i kind of hope they're going to go back to that a little bit in the fourth one we'll talk about that later yeah i especially like what the they started like the romance between him and jesse in the third one yeah they don't touch on that a lot or eh, yeah we'll talk about that later we'll get there we're not quite there yet but yeah just like the third one just like again it just Great. builds on the second stands on the shoulders G- gives you new characters but yeah gives you new characters gives you great gags I, I loved uh what is the bear's name uh lotso yeah kelsey Grammer. good bad guy bear i love his background stories and just how why he's just so mad. I get yeah, no, it totally makes sense. Like it's not like you don't agree with him, but you understand what got him there. 
Like, then that's how you write a great villain. You're just going to get replaced. You don't make him evil for evil's sake. You make him evil with a purpose, and how he got there is still important. Yeah. And, I mean, it's kind of funny how he just they found the daycare, and like he just becomes like the kingpin of the daycare. Yeah, he just runs the prison. <laughs> Basically. Uh, yeah, it's uh, such a good one. And there's so many good parts, too. Like, I, I totally forgot about this part until I watched it the other day. Mr. Potato Head putting himself on the uh, tortilla. Yes, I forgot about that, I too. I completely forgot about that. It was, oh, man, I was cracking wait, up I, so much. I watched that with my girlfriend. She's like, wait, I thought he put himself in a cucumber. I'm like, no, I think it's he did a tortilla, and he did the tortilla. And then a little bit later, I'm like, oh, there he is. It's a cucumber. Yeah. You won't believe the night I've been in. Yeah. Or you won't believe the kind of night I've been through. Yeah, just like, there were Lincoln logs in the sand. I don't think those were Lincoln logs. So great. I don't know, there's so... That's another funny part of Ham, um, when Barbie's crying in the box, mm-hmm. and Woody's like, oh, quit your belly aching, like, all right, and Ham's like, quite the charmer, aren't you? Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> this is one of those, like, simple but funny delivered lines. Yeah. Like I said, Ham is, like, an amazing character throughout all of these movies. Yeah. No, he and Potato Head are probably my two favorite side characters, for sure, besides, you know, Buzz and woody i know it's hard to like say buzz and woody aren't your favorite characters but yeah i mean overall i would say probably woody is my all-time favorite because we kind of follow him it's mainly his story we follow throughout all of these right but ham and potato head are just hysterical to me yeah they crack me up even slinky has got some good moments yeah slinky's a great i love but, slinky too yeah and then i guess we'll wrap this up and then start talking the fourth one but that ending of that first or third one oh my gosh like well yeah, like, I mean, when you think, what you think is the ending, like, in the incinerator, I remember sitting in the theater, watching that, like, tearing up, and I'm like, and they're all, as soon as they all start holding hands, I'm like, I remember thinking, I'm like, okay, I'm okay with this. I'm okay yeah. with this. No, like, I remember trying to mentally prepare for this, like, you see, like, Woody's, like, starts, his hands start steaming. Yeah. And I just remember, you know, sitting there with my roommates at the time, you know, we're sitting there watching this, and we're just like, Holy shit! Like, are oh they? My- this is this what's gonna happen? Is what they're talking about? Like, this is this is how it's all gonna end? Like, they're gonna all just be incinerated? And like, when they start all holding hands, like joining, I know joining, that's when like, you're like, they're gonna, no. they're like, this is it, and you're just like, oh my god, that's when you're bargaining, like you're bargaining with in your head, you're just like, no, they're not gonna end it like this, not like this. But as soon as they start holding hands, you're like, oh my god, they're gonna end it like this. Yeah, when they start joining hands and they've accepted, like this is our fate, we're we're done, we're dead, this is it. Yeah, you're just like. I mean, my jaw was on the ground. Yeah, just like this is, oh my God, this is happening. You know, obviously they don't die. And then we go on to Andy giving his toys away to Bonnie. And just a great sequence there, him playing with her for a little bit. But yeah. That's, I mean, that's when I just lose it. And yeah. when so I if I start it. talking about it, I'm going to start tearing up. Like just when he's talking about the. <laughs> I know. it's It's hard to talk about. But like yeah, like when he just like is walking Bonnie through like telling like, Well, this is Sheriff Woody and this is Buzz like and he goes through all of his own memories while he's introducing Bonnie to all of these toys. Well and, and he even has like a uh, the part that gets you is when he introduces Woody. This is because he's gonna take his plan is to take Woody with him. Yeah. And then he's like, Wait, what's he doing here? Because Woody yeah. didn't want to be separated from his friends. He's like, What's he doing here? I know, and the Bonnie's like, like my, my cowboy. cowboy and she grabs it and then he like kinda jerks it back towards him and then he looks at him and he's just like and this is Woody. And then just goes through that whole thing. Dad, now I'm tearing up. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> I guess when he's talking about Woody. <laughs> I know. it's. 
but yeah, it's just it, it, it's an amazing ending God, to this trilogy. Bro, right? man, they know we're crying over toys. I don't care who you are. If you don't cry at Toy Story, you're not a human. But it's just it's it's insane, and it just like puts it into such like these are his entire. He's essentially giving her his entire childhood. Like transferring this to to her, Bonnie, just like with like you know, and then it shows him playing with her for you know who knows how long. It looks like probably like a few like half an hour and an hour, maybe longer. And he's and then yeah. he just drives off to college and leaves well, the toys in care of Bonnie. Before he gets in his car, though, he looks back and he's like, "Thanks, guys." Yeah. Oh shit! Does he say that? Yeah. Damn. Yeah. Ah. Ah. That's not even the part that gets me though. It's it's. You see its car driving off. Molly, time for lunch. She runs in. They're all on the po- all the toys are on the porch. Mm-hmm. And then as the car is driving off in the distance, they all sit up. Woody looks up and goes, So long, partner. And that's when you just like <laughs> Oh man. Yeah. No, like when he's giving them away, like I'm losing it. And that just seals the deal. If you're not crying by then, you're crying at that point. And it just, ah, oh, man, what a perfect ending, though. Not just to a movie, but to a whole trilogy. What a perfect ending. I mean, this went down as, like, one of my favorite trilogies of all time. I mean, I think it's up there with the original Star Wars trilogy, up there with Lord of the Rings. It's a great trilogy. I mean, like I said, like, before, like, if it's still a trilogy, I would put up, like, it'd be, like, Star Wars, How to Train Your Dragon, Toy Story, I can't, like, those are interchangeable, because I think those are still both amazing trilogies. I'd still put Toy Story before Dragon. I know, that's the thing, like, they're interchangeable. I have no Dragon nostalgia, though, because I just watched all three of those for the first time this year, so I don't have the Dragon nostalgia. Right. Whereas Toy Story, I've been watching it since 1995 for 24 years now. (laughs) Exactly, like, it's been a long time. But yeah. And then that brings us up to the movie that we saw this week. Okay, so yeah. Toy Story 4. Power in. Let's finally talk some Toy Story 4 here. We're going to have to like put in the description, like if you want to hear just about Toy Story 4, Ugh. skip to an hour, some godforsaken minute. So yeah, Toy Story 4 here. Written by Andrew Stanton and Stephanie Folson. They wrote the screenplay. It was, there were like, 10 writers on this project or stories as in the IMDb. It's like original story by this many people. Well, these are like the main two writers. Like that's what I gathered. And yeah, directed by Josh Cooley, who all I know about him really is he was a writer on inside out. Okay. So I think this is, I think he did a couple shorts, but this is like his main feature directorial debut. Okay. So, but yeah, starring the voices of Tom Hanks as Woody, obviously Tim Allen, Buzz Lightyear, Annie Potts, I believe. Pots, Potts. Is it Potts? I can't read my own writing. As Bo Peep. Right. Tony Hale. Mandeline McGraw. She's the one who plays Bonnie. Right. Christina Hendricks. Jordan Peele. Keegan-Michael Key. Keanu Reeves. Allie Mackey. Joanne Cusack. Bonnie Hunt. So on and so forth. So, yeah. Toy Story 4. So, Yeah. The toys are back. Aaron, should I read a quick nutshell? Yeah, if you want to, let's do it. Okay. So in a nutshell here, the toys are back, and we're not talking about your mom's toys that are kept in a shoebox under the bed. Gross. Jordan, this is a PG movie. (laughs) Although they might have the same names. Okay. All right. right. I guess we need something to stop the tears. 
We're talking about our favorite gang of toys here. Woody, Buzz, Jesse, Bullseye, Slinky, Rex, Mr. and Mrs. Potato Head. Although the third outing was the perfect ending to a trilogy, Disney decided to give it another go. Enter cash register sounds. This time around, a new toy called Forky joins the gang. Apparently, the same come-to-life rules apply to handmade toys as well as factory-made. It's okay, Woody. I would have had the same reaction, the same as you did, when I, if I saw a sport come to life. Yeah. And start talking to me. <laughs> so, Forky is no ordinary toy. In fact, he's very suicidal. Kind of sad, actually, considering he gets unconditional love from his maker. But, whatever. Bonnie and her parents are off on a road trip right before school starts. On this trip, Woody is reunited with his long-lost lamp. Excuse me, love. Bo Peep. Bo has been on her own for a while now, developing quite the street smarts, which is kind of cool, actually. New characters are met along the way. New threats arise in an antique shop. And I'm just going to stop right there so we don't give too much away. Right. Can Woody and his friends save the day? Will Pixar put us in the same emotional state they did in the third one? Find out. All right. So we already did like our history with Pixar. So I guess we start this one out with our uh, our overall thoughts going into the fourth. Yeah, thoughts going in, like what what you were thinking when they announced this years ago. Do you want to go first? I mean, yeah, I, I, I can go first. I mean, my initial thoughts was, I'm like, Toy Story 4, it's like, it's coming. And I'm like, and I'm just like, why? Like, we have a trilogy of probably some of the, the best, like one of the best trilogies, like we said. Like, this is might actually be, according to Rotten Tomatoes, the best reviewed trilogy ever. Maybe. Yeah, and it's just like we have all of these movies that are average just, of between the three movies, they average ninety nine percent. Yeah, and it's just like the, we have these amazing movies, this amazing storytelling, and an amazing like cast of characters that have a very satisfying emotional ending for a trilogy. So to add a fourth one on, I'm just like, how the hell are they gonna outdo the third one? Like, are they trying to outdo it or are they just trying to get more money? Like, you didn't know. And I was so excited but also so nervous about this movie. And just going in, like, I I mean, like, I know it seems like Pixar pulls out all the stops. They're like, pull out the big guns for Toy Story. But it's like, you just never know, especially with something that you hold so near and dear to your heart. I was just so freaking nervous about this movie. And... To say, is it more satisfying than the third, like the ending, more satisfying than the third movie? Honestly, I'm still not sure as far as like, it's going to be more like I'm going to have to wait like a few years when looking back and seeing how I really feel about the movie, I guess, is like how I'm like currently thinking about it. Jordan, what about you? Uh, Kind of on the same lines. Love the trilogy. Love the ending of the third. Didn't think we needed a fourth. And, you know, Pixar's like, well, we're going to do it anyway. And you're like, uh, okay. I mean, I kind of trust you because you put out three great ones. But can you can you do lightning in a bottle four times in a row? We will see. But I don't know. If it was up to me, this movie wouldn't exist and would never have come out. Right. But trailers started coming out. I'm like, okay, I'm, it looks fun. But I'm still nervous because it could be really bad. And if it is bad, then I'm going to just be pissed more than yeah. anything especially because like you sold a, a an amazing franchise with this right but, yeah like that's just, that's just the fear so i saw it on friday and i kind of feel like i had to see it again here's why is i just saw it and all i could think to myself was like it's a really really good movie but i don't feel like it was necessary 
Right. I mean, I think we did the so same thing. I'm I like, saw it on Friday and I saw it on Sunday. I'm like, maybe I should see it again and see if I had the same feelings all over again. And I got to say, I kind of did. It's visually appealing. Like, it's a very sharp movie of animation. Mm-hmm. It's come a ton. It looked great in 3D. Like, everything just popped in 3D. I mean, the animation is stellar. Oh, yeah. Uh, we get new characters that are fun. The story is good. It's like a good adventure story. I don't think it had as many laughs as the other ones have had. It was a little bit lackluster in the laugh area department. Uh, however, still a good movie. I guess I'm undecided if it was how necessary it is, though. I do like the ending, but there were some rocky points to get there. Still a great movie, but uh, we'll, we'll talk more about it. But yeah, my initial thoughts are overall enjoying myself, but I wanted it to be better. Yeah, I mean, like, it's hard, like, I know, it's the third one, the ending is amazing. Like, I say, I mean, I don't know, like, is it, is it spoilers to say that I'm still satisfied with this new ending as far as, like, the whole, how the whole story ends, like, which, yeah, it's kind of like, like I said, it's not going to be clear to me until the, uh, until years from now, but I don't, as far as how I see it now, I don't think it's going to be like Star Wars where you can try and pretend, like, the prequels don't exist. Like you like, you can still stand behind all four of these movies and be like, these are all very great movies that you want to show like your kids, your nephews, you know, other people who haven't seen them. Like, it's not like you see, just watch the first three. Don't and just ignore the fourth one. At least it's not like that. At least that's how I feel at the very least. But I mean, I enjoyed this. uh, I enjoyed this this movie quite a bit. I mean, the fact that it starts out with a flashback nine years when Andy's still a child, right? Which I- was insane, especially just when we talked about the the animation for the the people and the faces. Like Jesus, like we thought it perfect in the third one. Like they super refined is amazing in the fourth, and I don't. And also something I didn't think about till I saw it or after I saw it the first time, but RC isn't in Toy Story 2 and 3, I think. I think he's done after the first one. Is he not in the second? I, don't, I can't remember a single sequence he's in the second one. Yeah, no, but, I think you're right, because he uses Buster to go downstairs to... Exactly, you think he'd use RC for that. To get uh, squeezy, or... Uh, squeaky. Squeaky. Or, God, hang on. Yeah. We said his name earlier, and we got it right. Yeah. <laughs> squeaky? But the penguin. No. Squeaky, squeezy, squishy. Oh, I'm looking it up. It's going to drive me nuts now. Yeah. Wheezy. Wheezy. Yeah. yeah. Wow. We got it right earlier, and then we just wow. got messed up. Okay, so right. Wheezy. But yeah. So, like, I don't think he's in the second one, and if he is in the second one, then he is not in the third one. So, it's been at least two, like, one to two movies and we haven't seen RC. So to have him in the flashback was, I thought, was great. Yeah, I enjoyed that quite a bit, seeing him again. And it was fun to see them, yeah, attempt to rescue to get him. Yeah, I know. I thought that was a great sequence. And then just, but that whole opening, like, this is all before the title card. And I was just like, son of a bitch. I was tearing up before they even flashed Toy Story 4 on the screen. Like, that whole opening sequence, because it starts out with him. Uh, Bo Peep is getting, well, not adopted, like, uh, given away to a new family because, you know, Molly's grown up. She's just not afraid of the dark anymore, so she doesn't need her uh, little childhood lamp. Somebody else comes and picks it up, and then it just, Woody's, like, 
goes down and like was like, hey, we'll we'll bring you back in. But then she, you know, it just starts out her just being like, no, like I'm not Andy's toy. Like you can't stop this, but you could come with me. And then you just have that really great moment between the two characters. It's like, cause you know, it's clear in the first movie that he loves Bo Peep. Like that's his girlfriend or like the love of his life. Remember I'm just a couple of blocks away. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and like the, uh, yeah, it's just like, so that's just like their connection is very clear cut in even the first toy story to see like her, like, be like you could come with me, Woody. Like we could just live like together and but then andy comes out and he's calling for woody and woody just like knows that he can't leave andy and it's like and then it's like toy story 4 and i'm like son of a bitch i am already crying already in tears now i love that whole moment a lot like i just love that moment between them underneath the car and talking to each other saying their goodbyes her saying well you could come with me and then like no i gotta be here for andy i mean it's a great moment yeah, no, it's a, it's an amazing moment for those characters, and it was it was kind of cool. As much as I was satisfied hearing just just the mention of her in the third one, when they're like, and, and, you know, we've lost a few friends along the way, and they're like, and Bo, he's like, yeah, and Bo, yeah. I mean, I didn't need to see this, but I thought it was cool if they did in, include this. Yeah, and it was it was a good sequence there. Yeah, so let's see. Bonnie goes to class, makes a new toy, Forky. Which, I mean, I love that they included that. Even Woody is horrified. He didn't even know this could happen. Like, toys coming alive, new toys come in the room. Totally understandable, acceptable thing. A fork or a spork coming to life, and he even screams. He's like, ah, what? Oh. Shoot, real quick, as I say, I love that sequence, too. This is just, like, the cinematography-wise. Mm-hmm. When the van with the Bo Peep pulls away, and he's laying there in the driveway, and Andy picks him up, and... Yeah. Just shows that whole sequence of him like playing with him in the yard and all the toys. And oh just, yeah, yeah. And then it ends with him giving Woody to Bonnie, and then Bonnie playing them, and then in her room, like there was a it was a great sequence. I and thought. I think that's probably what got me the most. Like I was kind of tearing up a little bit, like because they pull the emotion so hard when he's talking to Bo Peep, but then it like goes through and then goes back to the ending of the third one when I you cry the hardest. Mm-hmm. So I was already in tears, and then Toy Story Four, which something I really enjoy about these movies is they don't give them some cheesy subtitle. They don't do anything else. It's just toy story. One, two, three, four. Yeah. I couldn't imagine cheesy. Sub- I don't even, I don't even think what they'd call them. They probably yeah. be pretty bad. They probably would have been really bad, but you know, so that's something, a small thing that I still toy story three. Cause I mean, like think of donated, any, think of any trilogy or anything that has any more than like, two or three movies they always add a weird like subtitle even how to train your dragon it's how to train your dragon one rise two, of the planet of the toys and then hidden world yeah it's just so <laughs> the hidden toy world so it's like something thankful that i'm like you don't need to do that and i appreciate that you just don't like i don't yeah. need it so what's the point um yeah and then that sequence with andy it's just amazing and it just shows off how far the facial <laughs> animations have come ah uh, man yeah it's good it's good and i mean and yeah we i mean we i guess we start with woody you know bonnie's been playing with him for a while now mm-hmm. but yeah woody is not getting picked to play with anymore she's picking other ones she's Isn't picking jesse she's still picking jesse and there was a good sequence there in the closet with all the rejected toys if you will like the chair and the other ones and that conversation was pretty good yeah but yeah woody is now rejected bonnie doesn't want to play with them anymore 
And you know what? Like, I, I think that makes sense because like his first kid is Andy, who's a boy who like loves his cowboy. And for uh not Molly, uh, Bonnie to be like a little girl, she would they would I think it makes sense in my mind that she'd gravitate more towards Jesse. Yeah, no, it doesn't make it totally makes sense. And I like that, although it's like it almost already starts ripping at your heartstrings when he she takes Woody's sheriff badge and puts it on Jesse. Right. And you're just and that's when you're just like, oh, like he's not a favorite toy anymore. Mm-mm. And it's just I don't know, like Well yeah, I mean and that's kinda you know, the kickoff of this whole thing is like I guess you'd say Woody's in rough times. Like mm-hmm. he's been a favorite for years on end, he's been the leader of this gang and everything like that, and Suddenly, he's kind of being pushed away a little bit, little by little. Yeah, and not, he's not wanting to be played with anymore. And he's no longer the leader of the room. That uh, I for, I don't remember her name, but like the doll character Dolly. is. Do- <laughs> yeah. Okay. So Dolly's the leader, and, of which Bonnie's makes sense because I'm like, why isn't Woody taking the stands and leading? But it makes sense because you know they were thrown in this situation with these other toys, mm-hmm. and Dolly is the leader of these other toys. So yeah. yeah, it makes sense. So yeah, Bonnie goes to school. Which I thought that was a pretty fun sequence with uh, Woody getting out of the backpack and like throwing all the stuff on her desk. Yeah, and I kind of like got uh, a uh, hint that they're kind of hinting out the first one when he he's sneaking around the room trying to gather some supplies to help Bonnie out because she's like all alone at the single table for her first day of kindergarten, and he hides behind like the uh, the the um, the lunchbox. And it just made me think of when they were running around in like the the straw or the uh, yeah the soft drink in the burger <laughs> box. That was cool. But yeah, no, and yeah, he, he throws some stuff up there for Bonnie to make arts and crafts, and she ends up crafting Forky. Forky takes him home, introduces him, and yeah, it's kind of funny how he just wants to. I'm trash. I know the first constantly. The, I, I accepted that sequence a lot better the second time around. The first time around, I was like, what the hell? Because, yeah, I kept going in the trash. Woody would throw him out. Go in the trash. Woody would throw him out. It was funny, but at the same time, it's kind of like, all right. Yeah, and it, that's the thing. Like, I was just like, this is weird. I'm like, I'm like, is he just trying to kill himself? But I'm like, I guess he's not thinking of it. Like, he is made from trash, so he just wants to feel at home Yeah, like, this trash. is home. This is comforting. Yeah. Being in, Well, because like, I show him... When they go to sleep in bed with Bonnie, Woody wakes up, looks down, and he's in the Forky's in the trash can, with like, like holding like a gum wrapper, just like like a blanket, like mm-hmm. yeah, all sound asleep <laughs> in the trash. It's pretty funny. Yeah. So yeah, they go on a family trip, and uh, that's when we meet Bo Peep again. Yeah, family which... goes on a little vacation. They're in an RV park, and behind them is like a whole carnival, and then. Part of this like small town that they're at, there's an antique store, and I mean we saw this in the trailer. You see Bo Peep is back. Yeah, Woody and Bo Peep get reunited, which makes for that first scene really good. Did you know the show where they left off and to see them yeah. reunited again? Um, yeah, and I'm just gonna mention like the the sweeping like of the cinematography like over like all the trees and the theme park is just beautiful. Like you saw a little bit in the trailer, but you just see so much more with it on the big screen. It just looks incredible and just like how far animation has come. Uh, it's, it's the very I, even one. that sequence of Woody and Forky walking down the street. Yeah. And just the I, I know, asphalt and everything detailed. I was actually really focusing on the asphalt the second time around. I was just like, wow, that looks incredible. I, just, I always find that really weird small detail that I'm like, ah, this is amazing. And my girlfriend's like, 
what the hell are you talking about? Happened with How to Train Your Dragon 3. When I'm like, look at that sand. That's insane. And she's like, really? Sand? I'm like, yeah, sand. Hell yeah. It's just like the waves in that uh, Frozen trailer. I, that too. Like, it's just, it's crazy. But, well, that's another sequence too. That rain in the opening sequence. Yes. The pouring down rain is just incredible as far as visually. Yes. Yeah. And, oh, man. Uh, I mean, yeah. So he meets Bo Peep and... I love, I don't know, like, is this spoilers? Like, if I talk about the skunk? Mm, I don't know, it's hard to it's say. It's pretty clever. All right, hold on, I'm going to pause real quick. Okay. So, I'm, I'm, yeah, I don't think the skunk is, I don't know, does that give him stuff away? I don't like, it's, I loved how clever it was. Like, as soon as I saw that, I'm like, that makes total sense, because no one goes near a skunk. It's one of those wildlife creatures, like, you see it, even if you think it's cute, you know, you don't go near it. Yeah, you scatter. Yeah. But yeah, that was, I don't think it's giving anything away. But yes, yeah, so I thought that was pretty clever. Is the, it recording the whole now? skunk thing. Yeah, it's recording. Okay. <laughs> I thought it was, a, yeah, that was clever. Um, yeah, I'm trying to think what to talk about before we do start going into spoilers here. Well, because we're united with Bo Peep. And um, uh, I, I'm going to say I love her little like micro machine friend, like little Paw Patrol. So what, what she was reminding me of is this thing back, I think it was, in, it was definitely in the 90s, called Polly Pocket. Uh, yeah. I, a Polly Pocket. They even had Star Wars versions of these. But yeah, there was a Polly Pocket. Yeah, you open it up and it's like her own little world. But yeah, just watching her like go down the stairs and like come out and like drive the car. That short little distance. That was hilarious. Yeah, no, I, I thought her character was hilarious. And she's like, she's like, oh, is that the cowboy? And then she's like, he's a sheriff. And she flips onto her like... Her like cop glasses, like I didn't know you were in law enforcement. I've been with Paw Patrol for this many years, search and rescue, no big deal. I I thought she was a really fun character. Yeah, she she was good. And also, what she what was her the joke where she mentioned He Man? Oh, like she had a relationship with He Man. Yeah, she's like, uh, she's like you know you know she they're talking with Bo Peep. She's like, so what's the story? There's no story. Oh yeah, I'm like me and He Man. I'm not proud. <laughs> Something like that. Yeah, that yeah. was really funny. Um, but yeah, uh, what did you think of the antique shop? I I enjoyed it, like especially visually. And this is another thing of how far animations come. All the detail, and, like all the dust everywhere, cobwebs. Yeah, like when they're walking like behind shelving, just all the dust back there. Like there's a really good shot of like a surge projector with all these plugins and everything. Right. This just looked so real. Yeah, I know. That's something I mentioned or uh, not mentioned, but I noticed the second time around is like the cobwebs that like. They're walking through and they're like waving their hands. And I'm just like, oh my God, like they just look so real. Like it looks so, so much detail. Again, like it's just, it's insane. But yeah, I love the antique store. I mean, that's where the most of the second and third act take place. And there's so much cool stuff. And like that's also where Pixar shoves a ton of Easter eggs in. Mm -hmm. But uh, I really like the setting. Like again, like it's kind of. That's kind of what I love about like the first one is like it takes place essentially 90% in two houses that are literally right next door but feel miles away, right? And then so it's just like those small settings that these characters work so well with and they can do so much with, since they're technically so small that you can scale it up to it feel so much bigger than what it actually is. And I mm -hmm. think the antique store really does that very well. There's so much cool stuff in there and I love... I mean, I really love the character. I mean, the Vincent dolls still freaky. Yeah. Like they're the shot of that, him and Forky after they meet Gabby Gabby uh, of them sitting in the stroller like and the cameras focused on Forky and Woody. But you see like that creepy little doll still in the background pushing the cart. Yeah, that is still freaky. 
Well, especially when there's multiples of them. Uh, yeah, that those they did a really good job with those of just making them just without even talking be very intimidating. Right, exactly. So I don't know, and I really enjoyed Gabby Gabby's character as well. Like she, I think that's probably the most interesting of the new toys that they introduced. But not necessarily my favorite, because I think my favorite goes to Deuce Kaboom, which is Keanu Reeves' character. Yes. Okay, so yeah, we can talk about him. Yeah, what did you think of Keanu Reeves' stuntman? I thought he was hilarious, and I he had like a hilarious yet tragic backstory of like right out of the box, his like toy couldn't make a jump, so his like kid just never played with him again. Yeah. He's <laughs> like, <laughs> And he's just like, eh. Yeah. <laughs> I just, he essentially has like toy PTSD because he keeps having flashbacks of his original kid. And it's just like, I thought that was an amazing, like, ver- like an amazing thing that we haven't necessarily seen. Well, okay. We, we kind of saw it with Lasso as far as like kind of weird PTSD for a kid, but in a different way. And I loved, I just loved his character. Like, his, well, it was, it was still different because, I mean, just even though Jesse's, um, what was her owner's name? I forget. Oh, God. I don't remember. But Jesse's owner and Loss's owner. Similar tragedy, but still different. Different outcomes. And, but, th- I mean, this one was just funny because, yeah, right out of the box, didn't do what the kid expected to do based off the commercial. And so he's just like, eh. And I just love how self aware he is. Like, it was a commercial. It's not real. <laughs> it's pretty good. It's like a, almost a complete opposite from. Uh, Buzz Lightyear that he had to see a commercial of himself to realize he wasn't real. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. I just, but yeah, no, he was. It was pretty funny. I just love. I don't think just, this is a, when he does this one jump and hits his head on a bulb and that's hilarious. That was hilarious. I do love it. He's like, "This is for you, Dijon." <laughs> but I love when he's, they're trying to convince him because they're trying to get because Gabby Gabby kidnaps Forky and is holding him hostage so to speak. So they use Deuce Kaboom to jump over the aisles onto the top of where Gabby Gabby's holding them. And I love when he's just like, when they're just like trying to convince him to do it. He's like, no, I can't jump. He's like, yeah, but you can crash better than everybody. And how they like, kind of like get him on board is hilarious. And I love that. He's just like, yes, I Canada. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, just, I was laughing pretty hard. That was pretty good. Uh, oh gosh. I'm trying. It's hard to, I don't, Cause I don't want to give anything away yet. What can we yeah. talk about before we go into spoilers here? Uh, I'm trying to think here. As far as uh, one thing that I'm going to talk about a couple of disappointments actually that disappointed okay. me in this is I do not like how characters like Ham, Slink, Potato Heads, Rex, they were still in the movie, but they had very, very minimal roles. Like they are all put on the back burner. Jesse, Bullseye, all put kind of on the back burner. Yeah, and that's the thing, because, like, I yeah. I did not like that. They put, I would even say they put Buzz on the back burner. Buzz as well, yeah. Like, he, that's something that I still, like, second viewing, I'm like, that's one of the few things that I just don't like, is that how Buzz acts in this movie feels like more of a Toy Story 1 Buzz would act, instead of this developed character that we have. Right, he's supposed to be a developed character by this time, and... I gotta say, even the second time around, that whole buzz conscious thing did not work for me. That yeah, I was just I was trying to think. I'm like, well, maybe because like my thing that kind of held it together was like, okay, well, he's probably just not sure because he's not sure how to lead without Woody. I'm like, well, wait, 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 wait. He led without Woody 
in the second one. Right. Very effectively. Very effectively. Yeah. So, so uh, yeah. I just, and uh, also, uh, he has an existential crisis in the first movie. Right. Like, he has to have some sort of conscious to have an existential crisis. <laughs> right. And the, it just didn't work for me. I mean, they were going for gags, and it, it, just, it was just low-hanging fruit for me, and it, it did not work. Yeah, I would say like that's probably like the, the biggest thing, like maybe the only thing, but it's just that I had a real problem with that. It doesn't make sense how they treated him. Right, but overall, I just didn't like seeing our beloved characters that we've grown up with. I did not like seeing them pushed to the background to make room for just a couple, what, plush toys. It just save them for the next one. Yeah, and that's the thing. I guess, I guess in the way it kind of makes sense in my mind, I've rationalized that is like the first, I mean, yeah, we're following Woody like throughout the first three, but like this one seems to be just like the first, uh, the first three movies are about Andy growing up and the, like the toys just trying to deal with that. And in this one it's like, you know, well, the third one ends with Andy learning to let go. And in this one it's Woody has to kind of grow up and let go. So we can move on. Yeah, I mean, this is definitely a Woody story. This one yeah. here. Yeah, I mean, it's always Woody's always been kind of the central of all these, but yeah, it's definitely it's gone from Andy playing, you know, from a jealousy story in the first one to, you know, like maybe I'll leave you guys and go enjoy this life. No, mm-hmm. you guys are what's important to letting go is the theme in the third one. Right. To this one, it's still it's Woody's story, but I guess it is. About him trying needing to let go of things. Yeah, we'll talk about that later when we go into spoilers. But yeah, I, I don't know. But I still, if uh, it's hard to talk about some of this without going talking spoilers. But right, we'll we'll get there in a little bit here. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. What else can we talk about before well, we go into spoilers? I guess how else um, ask you about what you think of Forky and the plush toys. So, plush toys were funny. They were a good gag, and I liked how they were sewn together. Like I thought they were they were good. Yeah. But again, I feel like they were instead of them, I would rather have seen other characters in their place. Yeah. And we'll talk about that when we talk more plot details of the third act. Okay. But yeah, they were fine. They were funny, but I think we could have, if there were to ever be a fifth one, we could have saved them for the fifth one. Right. Put them at the very end of this or something like that, and I'll explain more later on that. As far as Forky goes, he was good. In some ways, he kind of felt like a plot device to move the plot. Because the whole thing, is it's about Woody meeting Bo again. It's about right. Woody and Bo coming together once again is what this overall story arc is about. Yeah. So, yeah, Forky was a little bit of a plot device to make that happen. But, yeah, I mean, it was it was still fun. It was kind of fun that, you know, Bonnie went to kindergarten orientation. She made this little toy while she was there. Grows very attached to it. Personally, I think she was a little too attached to a spork, but whatever i mean kids love stupid things like that's just kind of how they are i would have just been like yeah we, he hasn't been seen for 24 hours get over it yeah <laughs> that's the kind of parent i would have been. <laughs> yeah we'll see i haven't had kids yet so we'll see maybe i'll be a little more sensitive than that maybe we'll, we'll <laughs> but um but yeah forky was fine uh i upon i liked him a lot better upon second viewing he kind of grew yeah. on me the second time around uh i do like the very very last scene we see with forky which we'll talk about later right that <laughs> cracks me up. yeah i was actually kind of surprised because i remember when the uh the like the first teaser for this came out and then forky's like i'm not a toy and this ruins their whole little like merry or they're holding hands i don't remember exactly 
what was happening but i'm like what the hell is that thing like uh, that's weird it's either trailer yeah yeah and i'm just like but i'm like okay i was actually surprised how much i actually liked forky as a character and it's kind of like a diversion like he and woody have a good moment when they're walking together in the forest yeah down the down the side of the road which i also love how forky walks like takes a couple steps on his popsicle sticks falls down gets dragged gets back up a couple more steps falls down gets dragged will you carry me no <laughs> yeah that's pretty good but i do like how eventually they start talking and kind of becoming buddies he's telling like they're making fun of buzz yeah. a little bit he thought he was a real space ranger are you serious yeah <laughs> that was a good moment there i know that i like i really enjoyed his character a lot um as far as like the new additions i did enjoy the plushies to a point like they are very much a bit character um but i thought their bits were good yeah um, but yeah, do I love them as much as like any of the original crew? No, but wasn't enough time to fall in love with them. The, yeah. And then, but we meet, uh, the Gabby Gabby character I thought was a very good character and interesting how, ah, is this spoilers to say like, there's no actual bad guy in this movie. Spoiler ish. Yeah, spoiler ish. I mean, because like in the first movie, you have Sid, clearly the bad guy. He's blown up toys. Right. Second one, you have the prospector. And two, like you could also consider Al of Al's Toy Barn a bad guy as well. But I say right. like the main bad guy is the prospector. I mean, maybe it's at least a good 50 50. 50 50. I mean, like Al's a bad guy until you get to the prospector. Prospector's, I mean, he's got his point. Like, yeah. I've been in a box all my life. I just want to be admired by people. Yeah, that but, and, and then for that to happen, you got to come with us. Exactly. And then third one, you get Lotso, clearly bad guy. Right. Um, but in this one, no <laughs> clear villain. Like there's a little bit of subverting expectations to get you to that point. But I don't think we necessarily needed a villain. Yeah. I don't know. But uh should we go into spoilers here? Because I think we should just go into spoilers. About I'm like kind of tiptoeing around, like Gabby Gabby especially. All right, so we're going to go into spoilers here in five, four, three, two, one. Welcome to Spoiler Talk. Gabby Gabby. All right, because I've looked forward to talking about this character. Because as far as like new introduction, like I thought this was a very interesting kind of deep character for only meeting her in this single movie. I'll tell you one thing I did not see coming. Maybe this should actually be in the uh, biggest surprise was, I was I'm just going to say it. Yeah. T- the tearing out of Woody's voice box. Right. I did not see that coming. Like that was insane. Like you meet this Gabby Gabby and she comes off as like evil. Cause she's like, Oh, my voice box doesn't work. I've been defective forever. Yeah, but I, well, it's kind of funny. The second time viewing, I didn't. I guess because I knew what was going to happen, I didn't view her as much evil. She's just a doll that's never been loved, or at least not for a long time. I'm, I'm sure back in the '50s, somebody loved her for a while. Well, you get to the point where she's never had a kid because she was defective. I think she makes that clear. So, did, did they make it clear that she has never had a kid? Yeah, because I figured maybe it's been like 30 years since she had a kid last. So it's saying she's never had one. Yeah, just the way she talks, the way she's like, I'm just wanting one of those moments that you've had a, two lifetimes of. Yeah, right. She just wants one of them. Okay, so yeah, maybe she hasn't had a kid ever. Yeah. Okay, all right. And yeah, I mean, I, I they thought they did a good job developing her character. And yeah, she wasn't evil for the sake of being evil. She just wants to get a, a voice box so she can uh, 
get loved, hopefully. Yeah. And, and I mean, she's ru- obviously ruling the toy sh- or the antique store. Yeah. She's the ruler of it all. She's got her uh, Ventrogus dummies as Which her sidekicks. creepy as hell. Mm-hmm. Like, they, the way they move, how their body just kind of, like, leans into whatever the hell they're doing. Yeah. Adds to the horror factor. Yep. Vincent. Yeah, they're called Vincent, I think. Mm-hmm. But those those are very creepy. Yeah, I I really love the Gabby Gabby character and like how she does like the score like brings her off as evil. Like when she's around, just like and but then you realize that like, yeah, she's like literally trying to take his voice back from him in the beginning. But that's just literally they point out later. Like she's just desperate for love. Like she has never had anything. So I thought that was very interesting how they like they didn't even need to. If they kept her evil the whole time, you wouldn't have blinked an eye. No. But the fact that they give her that like fully realized character, like she just like look and then it ends with like their confrontation is like literally just like her talking down. What do you like? Look, you've had a lifetime of this. I'm just asking you to give me a chance at anything close to that. Which also very tragic, very sad. <laughs> yeah, uh, I mean, it is. Yeah, that's uh, that's really like the main points I wanted to hit with Gabby Gabby because I really liked that character a lot and what they did with her. And I do like how she took a shine to Forky, <laughs> mm-hmm. which I thought was just funny. And she's like, oh, my little utensil. <laughs> <laughs> my favorite part is when Bonnie wakes up with a spoon. Yes. <laughs> It's like, should we give him a spork? No, the spoon is much safer. Much safer. <laughs> that was pretty funny. Yeah, I guess. So now that we're in spoilers, like, so we talked about how these, our favorite toys just kind of got put on the back burner. I just feel like, yeah, they could have been doing more than just being in an RV the whole time. Yeah. They had some moments to shine, but I wanted to see them working together with Woody and, you know, solving this case, whatever that is. Like, right. may, I think what they should have just done is made. Made a where they parked the IV for the night, just made that a campsite in general and had them camping next to a fair that is next to this small town, right? Something like that, or maybe this is a small town down the road, like a mile away from this campsite, and like maybe we t- this whole thing takes place in the woods or some kind of story like that. I don't, I don't know. I just wanted all the other characters to have bigger parts and just. Be involved more. They were hardly involved, I felt like. Yeah, I mean, the most involved is Buzz, as far as the the main cast, besides Woody. And so, you know, I don't know. Like, there, there's give and take. Like, you want, you always introduce new toys in each of these movies. And... I guess I would have been fine with just Forky alone. And yeah. I don't think we needed the plush toys in this one. I think they could have been saved if there ever is another one for another one. But I don't think we needed them, or at least we could have left them back at the carnival. I, I, I mean, the only like saving grace I think is like without having the tertiary, or well, not the tertiary, like they're still main cast, but uh, having them like kind of being in the RV separate, you get the development that you get for Deuce Kaboom, you get the development for Gabby Gabby, you get the development for Forky, and like to have those characters so completely like developed, it would have probably been harder with all of the other characters intermix but i mean that's well right but i just would have just changed the story altogether yeah <laughs> to something else to involve them more because i mean i love these characters and i did i just want to see them involved more in the story and everything like that because right. they're such fun characters and it is fun watching them come together like at the beginning when they're using slink to rescue rc 
love how they bring back the monkeys in the barrels too. Yes. I didn't even say that. That was great. <laughs> so yeah, I, I I love watching them work together and they're they're like you know they're humored. They work off each other so well. Yeah. And especially when they've known each other this long. And I just felt like they had not much to do. I mean, there's that great funny sequence with when they're controlling the car, pretending to be the GPS. And that's another thing too. Like I, we got introduced to the Triceratops character and like the unicorn, and what's the dramatic one? The the like the hedgehog. The hedgehog. I wanted more of them in this. I wanted more of them involved in this. Yeah, because you got them in the third one. We got a good introduction to them, but I wanted to see more of that because they were so great in the third one. I wanted more of them. Yeah. Yes, I just don't think we needed these new ones at all. Forky, fine, but I don't think we needed the other ones. And I just, I would rather have this been a different type of adventure. You could still have Woody meet Bo Peep, reconnect and things like that. Reshuffle the cast. Right, but I just, some other kind of adventure that involves them all doing something together. Yeah. I don't know. So that's kind of the beef I have with this movie is I really wanted to see those other characters more in the forefront than the background. Right. So that's, I guess that's my main beef overall with this. Yeah. I wanted more of that. I mean, there's some gr- still some great things throughout. Like we were talking about her skunk, her yeah. electric skunk yeah, that she drives like around. Yeah, they have a little RC awesome. car that looks like a skunk. I do like the kind of do this. I do like that she's broken, like her arm is broken, and you know they retape it whenever it falls off. Yeah, I, I think that's a good good thing. Yeah, her only her arm falls off, but I also noticed I think the second time around that she has one bandage on her arm that's on her forearm, and I think on the other hand it's one like directly on her wrist. Oh, I don't know if I noticed that. Yeah. So it's like she's been broken a couple of times. Okay. I mean, she's living on her own now. Yeah. Bound to get broken eventually. Porcelain. <laughs> I know. Uh, and like, and also her sheep are porcelain and they, uh, they lose they, a foot eventually. I know. Like I was actually like, they're, it was like, they're escaping Gabby Gabby after trying to rescue Forky and, you know, Woody like, like goes off, off the plan and it almost costs like Bo Peep her sheep. Mm-hmm. Like she drops them, and I literally thought, like as I was watching, I'm like, oh my god, they're gonna shatter. Just watch the sheep shatter. Yeah. Oh, that would have been bad. Yeah, that would have been like they broke. It, it broke a foot off of one of the sheep, but then she's just like, obviously, like, oh hell no, like those are my sheep. Those are like that's the only thing she's really hung on to throughout these years being separated from the main cast. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Like I, I did enjoy how they taught how they changed Bo Peep's character in this yeah i mean you know she's been on her own i think what seven years because it sounded like she was only with the other people for two Mm -hmm. been around for seven so she's yeah developed as a character learned to live on her own learned some i guess street skills if you will yeah and i like how like i kind of liked how uh you know in the first two well like especially like in the first and second um the toy story i guess more in the first one but like boy knows the house especially andy's room back and forth he can do all this crazy stuff no problem without even thinking and now he's out in this unknown land but bo peep's been there for years so she's like kind of does like the same thing where she just knows exactly how to get exactly where she needs to be mm-hmm. so i kind of thought that was kind of cool yeah I mean, she, you can tell she, it's been a few years she's been at the antique shop so she got to know it really good yeah but yeah like her plans like you know this carnival's here and they're gonna move on to another town and we're gonna go with them and just travel yeah and I, I thought that was kind of cool um trying to think here more stuff as far as the ending goes i mean yeah they take woody's voice box forky is still held captive well i think it's also important to mention that gabby gabby gets woody's voice box but he's willingly giving it up to her right after she reasons she's like i've never been loved you've been loved for so long and i just need this voice box 
for my chance. And so he willingly gives it to her. Yeah. And then they sew him back up, you know, without the voice box. But obviously he can still talk. He just doesn't have his pull string anymore. Still have his pull string. Yeah. yeah. Still kind of crazy. But I yeah. mean, it is pretty crazy. Like he's essentially recovering from a surgery for a second. Right. Like, whoa. Whoa. That Woody was crazy. Nolan. Well, and like he uses, he uses it to, uh, in I think every movie at some point, like yeah. he, they use it in the plane sequence in the second one to lasso, sl- lasso out of there. They use it in the beginning of this one, like when they're trying to reach RC. Mm-hmm. They give him extra pull. Yeah, I mean, and now it's gone. Yeah, hey, that is a cra- It's a crazy moment. Like it seems so dumb when you think of like, oh, a toy lost its pull string, but it's such a big deal for this character. Yeah, I thought you were crying. No, sorry, I was broken. But and yeah, talking about the ending, like, should we talk about the very end, or are we not there yet? Uh, I don't know. Like, uh, I'm trying to think of anything else I want to talk about. Any likes or dislikes? Yeah, I don't know. I guess I wanted more Bonnie and her family too. I I don't know. Maybe not. Well, I don't know. Like, it, it would kind of seem weird because in every single Toy Story, like Andy's like the main kid, but he's also not, it's ninety percent Toys, ten percent Andy. Right. I, I I don't know. I guess my main beefs with this again are Buzz and his whole conscious thing, and like he goes from having like five different commands to fifty, and just the lack of the, those toys being in the background. Yeah, which uh, I think are very are my main complaints. Otherwise, I mean, there's still a lot of good stuff to enjoy about this that I like. Like, that's the thing. It's still a great... It's a good to great movie still. It is. It's just not quite... So, I don't know. Should we jump to the ending? I would say, yeah, let's, let's jump to the ending. You mean the part where I cried the hardest. Yes. Um, That part. Yeah. So, like I said, it's, it's going to be in, hard to tell for a while when I've sat in my memory and just like, I can look back on all of them all at once, but just uh, do it like preferring the ending to the third one or to the fourth one. Like, I think they both have very good merits. And I think as far as like what they try, if this, like this is what they're trying to do with like make Woody grow up and learn to let go and, you know, like try and put himself, like make himself happy instead of trying to satisfy everybody else. Mm hmm. And just take care of himself, I guess. Like, in a non-selfish way, though. Right. I mean, is this the right step for Woody? What happens at the end? Without actually saying it yet. Is it the right step for Woody? Because he went from being a most beloved toy ever, learn, to be, learning to be shared with another beloved toy, to still be in love, but then not so much anymore, because Bonnie's moving on to other stuff and not wanting her cowboy anymore. Yeah. Is this the right move for him? And I think... I Imagine. think they set it up though. It feels like it is the right move for Woody. But he's saying goodbye to his friends though too. Is that what he wants though? Is that what he needs to do? Should he just accept being in the closet once in a while and still be there for his friends, or is it time to move on from his friends? Well, I think and him fu- being a new adventure. I think as far as like how Woody's like whole entire arc, it makes sense that he's that he's letting go. He's going and being with the obviously the toy that he loves. And essentially just like, because his whole objective is to take care of the kid, take care of the kid. And at the end, you know, Buzz lets him know, I was like, Bonnie's going to be all right. Like, you need to do what's best for you. And that turns out to be going away with Bo Peep and not staying with the friends that he. I mean, it was a good moment when the camera's slowly going by all their faces. Yeah. Everybody's looking at him sad, knowing that Woody's going to be going away. Yeah. And then they all come in and give him a group hug. It was a touching moment. It was a touching moment. I mean, like, I was kind of, like, I was just, like, tearing up. But as soon as, like, 
they go to like the the ending shot of just like uh i guess buzz starts there's like two infinity and then woody's like completes it with and beyond and then just freaking i just lost it oh i started crying so much so cute <laughs> but i'm just like it's like it felt good it felt good this ending like it, i don't know if it's perfect but it felt good <laughs> i guess is how i'm yeah i don't know i guess after i viewed this twice this last weekend uh-huh. i really do like that ending quite a bit and yeah it, it moved me and i think yeah maybe it is time for woody to move on from his friends which i guess i don't mind him moving on from, here's my thing i guess i don't mind him moving on from bonnie but his friends are what i kind of have a problem with still that's yeah. gotta be tough oh wait um, that's the whole thing like it is tough like he doesn't make it lightly like his first reaction is like okay well i love you bo peep but i gotta go back to these guys until buzz actually lets them know that it's okay and it's just i don't know like i think like it, it does make a very good point that he's not making this lightly like oh i'm bo peep's back yeah let's go with bo peep now right yeah it's not lightly at all yeah yeah but yeah he decides like yeah bo peep and i will uh we'll continue on and got a f- couple new friends here and yeah we'll continue on bo peep and i will be together and we'll just See what life is like as lost toys. We won't have owners, and we'll just be lost toys together out in the world. Yeah. Oh, I think it's... When you said lost toys, that makes me remember what Buzz actually says. He's just like... what I think Rex is once like, is Woody a lost toy? And then Buzz is just like, he's not lost anymore. That's what got me. Oh. I'm just like, oh, man, now I am tearing up. (laughs) It's just, oh, man. One was, for me, as moving as the end of the third one, but it was still a pretty moving ending. Yeah. I would say that currently, yes. So I guess I guess as far as I stand, um, let's see, standout moment for me, I did write down Woody and Bo. Well, I wrote Woody and Bo saying goodbye under the van. That was my standout moment in mm-hmm. the movie. I, I think close second is him saying goodbye to his friends. They both are very emotional parts. Saying goodbye to Bo Peep. And then saying goodbye to his friends and to go be with Bo Peep. So, yeah, both were really equally emotional and good standout moments. As far as biggest surprise go, well, actually, I think I I wrote down originally Woody choosing to leave his friends and go off with Bo Peep. That probably was still the biggest surprise. Uh I think the second biggest was just him losing his voice box. Yeah. That being taken out, I did not see that coming. No, that was crazy. So I, I I think I have a lot of the same thoughts for standout moments. The only standout moment I'm going to add on top of yours is Gabby Gabby finding her kid. Yeah. Was, that was I thought good... that was a great moment. That actually start made me cry too. Oh, man. <laughs> like just, you, I know. You were, you were all kinds of tears. All kinds of tears. Like, because, uh, you know. Because like, a lot of this, I'm like, oh, that's sweet. That's sweet. The only thing that really got me if I was close to tears was the very end when he said goodbye to his friends. Yeah. That really got me <laughs> yeah well i mean like i i like how gabby gabby's like their plan is to take her to bonnie and she's gonna be loved by bonnie but then they see this uh girl at the carnival that's lost and so gabby gabby's like i think this is my kid so they pull like the whole like i forget what uh, they call how'd it. you like the realistic of that hay stacks behind him honestly the, the i real- didn't think much of the hay i was looking at it like bang that is, okay, maybe, maybe I'll pay attention to that next time, but that's one of the things that didn't catch me. That was one of those, like, sharp animation moments. I'm like, man, that hay looks real. Yeah. <laughs> well, okay, so I can't say that I noticed the hay, but that's cool. I'll definitely check that out on a rewatch. But, yeah, I like that moment, how she got in touch with her kid, like, made her feel safe, and then she ends up finding her parents, like, soon after. 
I thought that was a good moment. And then, yeah, that ending, it got me. It got me good. And, uh, yeah, I'm trying to think of anything else. Like, and I guess, yeah, biggest surprise, man. <sighs> yeah, biggest surprise has got to be the voice box. Like, I don't, I can't think of anything else that, like, shocked me more than him losing it. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that's something I just would never have thought would ever happen. So, yeah, I think that was my biggest surprise overall. Yeah. But, yeah, other than leaving his friends. But you almost expect some kind of twist ending like that. But, yeah, the voice box I just didn't see coming at all. Yeah. And I guess maybe, like, finding out that there's no actual villain. Like, I guess this is the biggest surprise, too. There's no villain. Because we've had a villain in all three other Toy Stories. Yep. All right. Well, I guess moving on here and grading this out. You want to go first? Do you want me to go first? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I'm going to give us a pretty great score. So, I don't know. How would you rate all of these? All of these? As far as a franchise goes, like A+. Like, even at their worst, it's miles ahead of anything else. Right. Well, I mean, as a, individually, but yeah, as a franchise, yeah. I mean, I think I'm the same. A+. Yeah, and as far as, like, if I, I still really loved this one and it gave me a very satisfying ending i would i mean individually for the fourth one i still give this like an a plus like it it had me i enjoyed it yeah there was a couple problems with it but it still had me from start to finish i was tearing up before the title screen jordan what do you want me to say <laughs> i don't know <laughs> all right well i guess for me so as far as a the quadrilogy goes i would give the first three all a pluses i mean each one stands on the shoulder of the one that came before it and grows the characters, introduces new characters, and it's just one lovely trilogy wrapped up nicely with a bow. We got this fourth one here, so in my opinion, this is still a great movie, mm -hmm. but still in some ways feels unnecessary to me. Yeah. And the laugh factor just wasn't there as much with this one as it's been in the previous ones. Definitely had a somber tone. Yeah, which... I was okay with, and you know, if this is just a drama adventure, I'm okay. The, the adventure stuff they did a really good job with. This is still really well made. Great cinematography. I love Woody and Bo Peep's relationship and the kind of, you know, doing the flashback and then the coming to the present, them reuniting, mm -hmm. falling kind of back in love and then going off together. Like, you know what? Bonnie doesn't need me anymore. I'm going to go off with Bo Peep and we're going to just go live happily ever after and travel the world together. Right. I like it. I love it a lot. I guess the only thing that brings us down for me a couple notches grade level wise is I just wanted more of our favorite characters. If this is going to be the absolute last one, I wanted more of our favorite characters. Right. So overall, I would give this an A minus for grade. Okay. But I still give it nine out of 10 for entertainment. Yeah. But yeah, A minus for grade. So yeah, it's not an A plus. It's not up there with the original three. Still a great movie, but just, just falls a little bit short. Okay. But yeah, 9 out of 10 for entertainment, though. I mean, I was still very entertained. I saw it twice in one weekend. Yeah, same. So I know. For some reason, I'm just like, I need to see this again before I talk yeah, about it. Yeah, and I might see it even again. I would actually like to see this in 3D Honestly, again. like, you've mentioned 3D. I only saw it in XD and digital. So I think I'm going to see it in 3D. Yeah, maybe in, like, a week. In, I saw it in 3D and XD. And I got to say, 3D was awesome. It popped. Yeah, if you're listening out there, definitely check it out. I mean, if you're listening at this point, you're in, we're in spoilers. So, yes. You've already seen it. It's yeah, worth seeing. I hope so. <laughs> it's it's it, these are great movies. I love these characters. I love this story. I mean, it's just some of the best.
best work ever put on screen, in my opinion. Yeah, it's some of the best storytelling for sure. Yeah, definitely. And it just, and it, again, in this day and age, it stands out so much more that these movies actually build off well, of the previous right, movies. Right. And what did we see <laughs> previous before this? Angry Birds? Like, come on. Yeah, no. It's Especially, we live in a world where Pixar is 20, 20 movies out right now. This is 21. I don't know. Something like that. But it's like, so they have elevated animation to an insane level that you just want every other animated kids movie to be on that level. And they just aren't. Most of them don't even come close. Hopefully this keeps up with ongoing. I mean, that saw the preview before Toy Story. Onward. Or Onward, yes. Yeah. And I think that one looks like a lot of fun. I'm looking forward to that a lot. I hope it is. Um, You wanted to talk Easter eggs. Oh, yeah. I literally have a list of Easter eggs that I've noticed. So, I noticed a whole whopping just a couple. Okay. So my list is pretty short here. So in the beginning, when we're in Molly's room, I noticed a Bugs Life calendar. Right. So I saw a Bugs Life reference. Obviously, you've got like Cowboy with the flashback. As soon as you got Cowboy posters and things in Andy's room. So Toy Story 1. Right. Possibly those old school gas tanks were a in the antique store are a callback to cars because they kind of show them an old town and car. It's been a while since I've watched Possibly. cars. Yeah, it probably is, but I didn't catch they that. They go to Dynaco. Yes. So I, I, that's from the first one. Um, hmm. It may, I, only because I saw a thumbnail on YouTube or something, but yes, there's that grape soda bottle cap, which is from Up. Yes. That was one. And Tin Toy being from the short film. Yes. That's about it for me. Okay, so I have a whole list, um, and I'm just going to run through them real quick. But, okay, the first one, well, in the second viewing, I noticed the Bugs Life calendars. And I think there's something in Bugs Life in Andy and in uh, his sister's room. Okay. But, okay, and then, but on my first viewing, the Pizza Planet truck was a tattoo on a carny, which I thought was pretty funny because that's in every single, and it's even in a bunch of other Pixar movies. Okay, Bugs Life Calendar, we mentioned that. The Dynaco gas station from the original Toy Story 1, I thought was great, because that's where they have that big fight scene. The next thing I noticed, in Bonnie's room, are the naked birds from the Pixar short for the birds. Okay. Yeah, they're sitting sitting on a fence, like, in a little, like, play area with, like, the little clouds in the background. And that's a photo of them? Yeah, they wall. look like they, they might be like on like a wallpaper or they might be like actual toys sitting. Oh, on that's it. funny. But I noticed that the second time. <laughs> did not time. notice that. That's hilarious. Okay. Uh, that, there's that was always one of my favorite shorts of theirs. Yeah, there's a girl who looks like Boo from Monsters Inc. in her preschool class. Huh. Um, the abduction Pixar short uh, lifted when they're raising Deuce Kaboom's uh, ramp up in the antique store. There is a book called Lifted with an Alien, like, abducting somebody. Oh, that's funny. Uh, Coco's guitar is a carnival Oh, prize. yes, that was another one. Her, the guitar on the on the carnival toy giveaway. Yes, and then there is a suit that resembles the incredible suits in the antique store. It's, like, dressing a mannequin, but okay. it's red with, like, some black, like, accent suits. So I'm like, that feels like that's what they're going for uh there's the grape soda cat from up (laughs) and then something that i didn't notice the first time but i noticed the second time they have an obi-wan kenobi action figure when they're inside the pinball machine 
Really? Yes, and you see it in the background because it's holding its arm out with his blue lightsaber, hitting another action figure on its arm, and then like the third time it hits it, the arm falls off, and then you hear the Wilhelm scream. Oh my gosh, I didn't notice that at all. Yes. And then uh, I think I have a couple more. Oh, there is a dinosaur toy from the good dinosaur. Like what you see it in the background as they're like driving the uh, the motorcycle outside the window. Okay. And then two notable things that I could not find is the notorious A113 call sign from that's in every single Pixar movie. And I could not find the Luxo ball. Yeah, I don't remember seeing that either. Yeah, but people were like, yeah, it's in the antique store. And I looked. I freaking looked for both of those. Because in the first two toy stores, A113 is on Andy's mom's van. Like, that's her license plate. Right. And then in the second one, I, I can't remember. Or the third one, I can't remember exactly where it is. I think it's on, like, one of the preschool doors. You see the ball everywhere. Yeah. So those are two notable absences that I could not find just by looking at it or just by watching the movie. But I'm waiting for like a super cut of like all every single Easter egg in Toy Story 4 to come out. Yeah, someone will do it. Yeah. But yeah, those are all the things that I just noticed on my own. <laughs> all right, man. Well, what a fun episode just doing all this nostalgia Toy Story talk. All the crying, all the All laughing. the crying. Oh, my gosh. Oh, gosh. Pixar, you and making me cry. Well, I guess, shall we move on to some Rotten Tomato game playing? Yes. So I guess first we got to announce the winner last of last time. Because last week's episode, Jordan and I bet on the movie Child's Play, the reboot of Chucky. Yes, we did here. So let's see. I'm trying to figure out how we're going to do this for that. We, it's nice when we have Connor here. Well, I mean, one of us will just have to look it up. You want me to look it up while you're uh, doing the rest? I don't know. I'll look it up. Okay. All right. So, yes. Uh, so, we bet on, yeah, the new child's play. I bet 55%. Daniel bid 78%. At the time last week, the score was 67%. And let's see what it is at now. So, child's play with 123 reviews has gone down to 62% ah, making me the winner. I hate it. Ah, I love it. All right. So I get to assign Daniel another movie. Oh, this is exciting. Ah, make it better than Citizen Kane. I'm going to assign Daniel another classic. Let's see. Maybe I'll give him the general. He can watch a old black and white Buster Keaton movie Buster without Keaton. sound. I mean, that's another thing. It's on the AFI list. So at least it's not for nothing. <laughs> Yeah, get you something off the checkoff list. Well, let's see here. What can I assign Daniel that he hasn't seen? You know what? In preparation for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood coming out, I'm going to give you a Tarantino film that you haven't seen yet. Okay. You've seen most of his. You've seen Reservoir Dogs. You've seen Pulp Fiction, April 8, Django. I think that's it for you. And I guess his part his part of uh, Grindhouse. Yeah. Hmm. Daniel, why don't you watch Kill Bill Volume 1? Volume one, okay. All right. All right, volume one. I think that's on something. Uh, it's, it's on our... We we have it saved on our digital Oh, perfect. Stuff, so. Perfect. Okay, all right. Otherwise, Kill I think it, it's probably on a streaming service. Kill Bill, volume one. All, all right. right. Fair enough. So, so how do we want to do betting this week? 
You want it, you have a list here of Toy Story or excuse me of Pixar movies? Yes, I made a list of all the Pixar movies from Toy Story one all the way through Toy Story four, and I thought because Rotten Tomatoes put out an article ranking by tomato meter the top five or well it ranks all of them so i thought maybe we could bet it what's the top five in order and whoever gets the most exactly right wins or we could do maybe the top five like the bottom five bottom five in order from worst to least worst yes i kind of like the bottom five idea how are we going to judge this i mean it's literally just who gets the most exactly right so we're going to still guess the exact score not just which ones we think are in the bottom. Oh, not the exact score. Like I was talking like in order, like not necessarily by score, specific score, but just like. All right, we'll try this. But maybe we'll uh, come back in a little bit here and uh, try different strategy. But we'll try this one for now. Okay. I'm going to pause real quick. All right, Dan, you got your five? Okay, so I guess we'll do it one at a time. So do you have the list ready? I'm, I'm pulling it up right now. Okay. So we'll start with like number one. What is the worst reviewed one? Yes. Score-wise on Rotten Tomatoes? Yes. You have the bottom five list? I have the bottom five. It actually starts with the bottom five, so that's good. Okay. So, for number one, I put Cars 2. Okay. And I think the... we did it in the opposite, like, same thought process, opposite order, because I always go, like, one is the least worst, five is the worst. No, nah, do it backwards. Okay. All right. So, so the... I, I put it from worst to better of the bottom five. Okay, I'll just rewrite mine out for uh, simplicity's sake. Just, oh, in other words, out of all the Rotten Tomatoes scores these movies have ever gotten, Cars 2 has been the worst one reviewed. Yes, and I think we both knew that going in. But what's next is okay. the question. I'm writing, <laughs> my, writing mine out in the same order. Okay. So, number one, we both had Cars 2. Okay. What, is, number the, one, what is the actual... Uh, the actual retail score is <laughs> Cars 2 at 38%. 38. Like, holy shit, oh, that's bad. I don't remember being that bad. Holy okay. cow. All right, so we're both good there. Okay. So, for number two, I put Monsters University. <laughs> I put Monsters University, too. Okay. So, for <laughs> the second worst... Pixar movie is actually Cars 3 at 69%. So, no more monsters, you. So, for number three, I put The Good Dinosaur. Man, this is just, you. this tells a lot. Cars 3 is, or Cars 1 is, <laughs> so the worst movies are Cars 2, Cars 3, and then Cars 1 is 75%. So, that makes up wow. the bottom three. Well, that only, that means I got one right then. Yeah. So far, we got one ready. <laughs> Well, okay, but if good, it, but then I put Cars three for number four, but you're saying it's number three. So I guess we'll retrofit. Or number two, you said. I, I guess we'll retrofit the rules to the next one. We'll just see who has it more in the correct place. Because where do you have the good dinosaur? At number three. At number fuck, I have mine at number three too. Okay, so we'll count that as a win because that was the next worst one is the good dinosaur. So we can each. I check that out. I don't know. Well, th hopefully this, this will work out. This is kind of all over the place. This is gonna, it's, it's all right. I kind of think we should just have down, go downstairs, have Danae circle five random ones, and we have to play but, the Run Tomato game. But now I know too many. Oh, true. Mm. Okay. Because I have Cars 3 as the fourth one, and then Cars as the fifth. Damn. 
Wow. I don't think this is really working. No, this isn't working because next one's Brave. We're basically tied with knowing Cars 2 is the worst. Yeah. Well, shit. Son of a bitch. Okay. All right. Well, that was a good shot. Monsters University, just so you know, is at 80%, and I don't think it's 80% good. <laughs> okay. That didn't really pan out. I Otherwise, we tied. Um, we could call it a tie. Hmm. I'm trying to think of a different way we could do this. I apologize, listeners. Um, all right, since we tied, we're gonna do a tiebreaker here. Since uh, we didn't think this out, I apologize again. We're I gonna tried. we're gonna randomly pick one and just try to decide what it is at. We're gonna do up. Did we decide on? Yeah, let's just do up. We're gonna do up and guess the score. All right, yeah. Five seconds to write down a score for up. Okay. Okay. Uh, What'd you write down? I wrote 99%. I wrote 96%. All right. Is that too low? I'm like, is well, that low for a Pixar well, movie? Let's look it up and see what it's at. It's okay. I already got a list here. You already have it. Uh, up. Ooh, fuck. Why do I even guess, Jordan? Why do I even guess? 90 eight percent yeah yeah so if we're going by prices right rules i win but i don't think we've been playing as prices right rules so i think technically you win again i'm cool with that uh, so i'm watching kill bill volume two yeah <laughs> well and i guess this i guess it can't go up and down either i mean we could just bet on yesterday because <laughs> that's a score that could go up or down or yeah. should we just call it good we can call it good. I like just encapsulating this as a Pixar episode. All right. Well, since you lost last week, you are going to watch Kill Bill Volume 1. And I guess you'll just find out next week because your score is not going to change any. But we'll find out next week what I assign you. Could it be Volume 2? Could it be something else? So if I just pregame Volume 2, I might get screwed over. Stay tuned. <laughs> All right. All right. Well, before we wrap this up here, I almost forgot. I got a little surprise for Daniel here. Oh. Daniel, close your eyes. I don't know. I don't like this gonna get a woody to the face yeah. <laughs> i hate it i shouldn't have said it uh, all right daniel, hold protect that. the mouth hold out your hand daniel Ew. hold it out <laughs> legitimately scared of what's uh. <laughs> all right look oh <laughs> that's pretty awesome a deuce kaboom jump set with woody Lego jump set. Lego jump set. Ages four plus. Yep. Four and up, Jordan. Four so, and up. Right, it that... says it on the box. So, yeah. I got myself a little something, too. I got RC and Woody and some uh, army men and blocks. So, yeah. That's Lego. Oh, it comes with little army men? Yeah, it comes with the little army dudes. That's awesome. I miss those guys. Yeah. They were great in the first one. Yeah. I mean, that, that sequence really stood out to me. Yeah. Them just taking the voice box down to the lower level and the plants and everything. I mean, that whole thing was just great. It is. It's, oh God, it's so good. I, I just, I know I just watched all of them, but I kind of just want to go. And watch I kind of do again. too. I kind of want to watch, you know, we just saw the fourth one twice over the weekend, but start the other trilogy over and watch it all over again. Like these yeah. movies are just so just good. Watch one, two, three, a couple days from now, let's go and watch the fourth one again. I don't know. I don't know. I love these movies. I love this franchise so much. It's amazing. It That's is. That's all I'm going to say. All right. Well, that is our psychotic all ending right. to yes. Pixar. I apologize that that took a little long. Uh, we will wrap this up here and get out of here. Daniel, where can they find us? 
You can find us online on Instagram and Twitter, movies underscore brews for, you know, our thoughts on movies, what we've been watching, and just, you know, random stuff that we see throughout the week. That's where you can find it. That's it. That's Pixar, man. All right. Yeah. Man, I, we forgot about talking about box office. We made what, 118, 120 over the weekend? Yeah, I read that it made 118 over the weekend. Okay, yeah. I'm pulling up here, box office mojo, 120 domestically, 123 foreign, so 244 opening weekend. Not bad. Pixar, not bad. I mean, that's, I guess, franchise highest for Toy Story, so it just keeps yeah, going up. Yeah, because I think Toy Story 3 opened at 110 domestically, so beat yeah. it by a few. Cool stuff, and yeah. Dark Phoenix is still bombing. All right. Got removed by half of its domestic theaters. Yep. Thanks for tuning in and listening to us talk Toy Story today. Appreciate it. We appreciate you listening and telling your friends and sharing the podcast. It helps us show out quite a bit. Leave us some five-star reviews because those also help the show out. And yeah, we'll see you next time on Movies and Brews. Cheers. Cheers. It is the years go by. A friendship will never die You're gonna see it's our destiny You got a friend in me You got a friend in me You got a friend in me